So, professional horse mortician. And uh, was that what you were going to do? That's what I was going to oh. say. I was like, horse murdering <laughs> Randy. I just, horse murder. <laughs> I just buried it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And fan of uh, sheep shearing, uh, Mr. Razzle Dazzle. Uh, if you could describe this dinner we just had in one word, what would it be? Freedom. That was a terrible was impression that, of that, your own people. Was that the best freedom? That you was your do? William Wallace. Yeah. No. 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 Okay, we're gonna do this again. I want you to get into character. I need you to really sell it. Yeah. 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 No one's here. Uh, that one guy will vouch for you. Yeah. That's right, it. Yeah. Okay. So your head's in the stocks, right? You're, right. You're, you're uh, dying. You're, you're you're dying. Your boys are and, uh, swinging yeah. in the air. They're they're ready. They've already stabbed me in the stomach. Yeah. yeah. I mean, right. it's it's time. You're going down. Yeah. I'm probably still not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and now for Dinner with Racers, presented by Continental Tire. With your hosts, Ryan Eversley and Sean Heckman. Placeholder Radio. Season of Dinner with Racers. Why are we still doing this? Uh, hey, welcome to Dinner with Racers. Yeah, right, right. We're happy to be here. Welcome. Uh, You're a very deserving audience. I am uh, one of the hosts, uh, Sean Heckman. I'm Ryan Eversley. And the two of us are uh, somewhere in between Mooresville, North Carolina, and Atlanta, Georgia, as we round up what is currently the end of a four-week, 8,000-mile journey right. across the uh, country to bring you a dozen new, completely free dinners that you get to listen to. But before we do that, we actually took another trip. Yeah, a couple weeks ago. Back in August. That's right. And uh, so we drove a couple thousand miles then mm -hmm. and brought an additional six. Yeah, we went down to Florida. We wanted to celebrate the more sports car racing scene that we are both based out of. And so we kind of picked a couple drivers off the list, a couple people in the sport, and uh, made our way down to Orlando on the first day and sat down with Mr. Razzle. Dazzle. That's right. And no one should ever call him anything else. His name is only Razzle Dazzle. We saw a birth certificate, know. and that's what it said. Yep. Um, so if you don't know the story of Razzle Dazzle, who, uh, according to uh, government records, might be Ryan Deal, um, <laughs> uh, Ryan is uh, kind of one of the staple drivers now of the sports car scene. IMSA, World Challenge, you name it. Yeah. He's, he's done it. He's won in it. He's pretty much... You know, seen as one of the top guys Absolutely. in any category and, yep. and can drive just about anything prototype, GT cars, you name it. Um, he's also one of the bigger characters in the sport. Yeah, absolutely. Which is why we wanted to get him. So we went down to Luma on Park, which is a pretty awesome restaurant just outside of Orlando. In Winter Park, Florida. Ah, okay, sure, if you say so. And uh, so on National Chocolate Pecan Pie Day. See, you say pecan, pecan. some people say pecan. Because a pecan is what you take on a road trip. Wow. So I had, uh, getting back to what we had for dinner, you had the gourmet... Uh, chicken sandwich. Uh-huh. You actually had pizza. I had the pizza-flavored chicken, chicken sandwich. sandwich. Yeah, 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 it looked really good. Yeah. Uh, Ryan Dalzil, Razzle McDazzle, we both had the duck bolognese pasta, and it was phenomenal. And I believe we also drank some wine. Uh, a couple things you're going to hear about with Mr. McDazzle. Uh, you're going to hear about story we both want to tell absolutely one of sports cars forgotten criminals uh the dead horse in his backyard a little show called <laughs> naked paddock <laughs> finally made its way in 
and we turned the entire city of Sebring, Florida completely against us. So uh, we'd, uh, we'd turn it over, but we can't do that without first giving credit to a certain sponsor that here in year number four is once again with us. We're literally riding on top of four of them. And that would be the Continental Tires? The Continental Tires. Right. That's For what that's, you do. That, that is for what you Continental do. Continental Tire. How do you, Ryan, ever do that? For what you do. I say, Continental Tire, I love me. Can you do that again? Continental Tire, I love me. And uh, those tires are fantastic, but we would need a car right. for those tires to sit on. Uh, and uh, what, what car are we in? We have a Acura MDX, which is uh, provided to us because I get to race their cars. And they think our podcast is nifty. <laughs> That's uh, pretty much true. Yeah. So uh, thanks to uh, Mr. Tony Stewart for driving the whole way. Yeah, you're doing a great job, man. Hey, hey guys, it's me, and I'm totally driving. So uh, thanks, Acura. Thanks, Continental. Uh, shall we hear some Razzle McDazzle? We should. Meow. All right, we're going to start in five, four, three, two. Hey. What's up? There he is. Hello. How are you? What's up, man? How are you? Doing right? Yeah, good to see you. Take that seat. That's yep. yeah, you. Everybody's just looking at you guys really funny. We're a big deal. Yeah, yeah. It happens a lot. Anything you want to get out now before it gets really easy to convince you to do stuff? No, I'm pretty easy convinced. Uh, yes. Good. We're going to be just fine. Don't worry. I, I, all my spies have been on you guys all day. Yep. And likewise. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and everybody's like, what's off, what's off the table? And I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I got myself so out of it. Perhaps you don't know our reputation. <laughs> <laughs> I did my research. I'm good. All right. Fair enough. Did fair you enough. wear that shirt knowing that this was audio only? No, I did hair and makeup. Because that is, what color is that? I would say this is like puke. <laughs> I mean, I, I've definitely, yeah. I've definitely yeah. puked this color. I was like, it's a cool color, but I don't know what it is. Like, I what think at the Grand Am Banquet in 13, I puked this. <laughs> we weren't a kilt? It's, it's full of 13 fashion. <laughs> <laughs> now, you guys have a history of banquets together, from what I understand. Or, or is this no. off topic? No. Did I already? Did, did I miss? Did we guys? start? No. I sw what? We already started, didn't we? No, yeah, yeah. As soon, oh, as, you, as, soon as you walked in, you were yeah. gone. Right. What happened at the banquet? No, no, no. Uh, um, not the IMSA banquet, but another series. I swear <laughs> you guys bonded and neither of you oh, remembered we did the bond. next day. No, no, I remember it. We yeah, this was like pictures. I'm blanking no, right now. I'm, I'm not serious. even kidding. My team owner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, I remember that one. That's <laughs> definitely Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, okay. on Literally, right? yeah. that's actually true. Yeah, we had like Dario have, the next day and you were messed up. I have pictures of it. Yeah, oh. I do too. I saved all of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for, for the I team owner. I think that was our bonding experience. Yeah, it was. It definitely was. We were the only two that gave a shit for guys. Yeah, there was that other guy in there. That was our data guy. There was a random dude. Like dying. Like, the whole I mean, thing was in the bathroom. The team owner, yeah. Because yeah, right, you were making that. sure he didn't die. So, I, I mean, it's not hard to figure out who this is. The team owner I drove for in the past couple of years, not in this series. Right. Fair enough. <clears throat> and not, not effort. Not effort. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. No, that was last year. Was it, it was I like last how year. this story's going no further. Well, no, I, I mean. <laughs> you're like, no, we're done. Uh, basically, it was a fun time. we saved a man's life by feeding him water. Well, let's and be honest. We, we had a killer season. We finished, I think, seventh in points. Great. And so there was, a, there was a big celebration. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, two the top of the, ten. Two yeah. of the crew members went missing by the main course. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And one was found in a hedge. Yeah. Uh, the other one was found in the toilet on the R floor. Right. Right. Um, both ended up in the side-by-side -side cubicles. Huh. It was impressive. Huh. Yeah. Well, you can manage it, at least. I remember... <laughs> I remember putting someone, we'll just leave it at that, into the passenger seat of the Uber van 
with a trash bag. And I'm like, all right, buddy, here you go. Uh-huh. Here's your trash bag. Uh-huh. And you and I are standing there. Okay, now this is like crystal clear. Right, right. You and yeah. I are standing there, and we kind of looked at each other like, well, that just happened. And as soon as we close the door, and we're like, I wonder what's going to just like right um. in the bag. And we lose our shit. We are laughing so hard at that point. I was and in the was like, back row of that minivan. Right. And I will tell you that the guy next to me was my crew chief that year, and the two of us were the only – semi-sober ones right. and we were dry heaving yeah. <laughs> because the whole way back we had one guy who had himself right yeah and was no yeah, that's right yeah that's right okay there was a guy that did himself <laughs> and we got a picture like he's like bent over oh, and wait, he shit yeah, up yeah, his yeah. back oh, no, I, I have a video back. of the minivan ride <laughs> and i'm on the back row of the minivan we had the, the middle seat flip forward and the, the the guy was laid on his side in like the death position yeah <laughs> Uh, yeah. And the, the streak was facing me, and then we had the dude in the front puking. Right. And we had all the windows down because they thought that would help. Yeah. Wafted it to the back. Right. Good. Right. Good. Yeah. yeah. That guy's <laughs> up his back. That's, <laughs> it, just, it just reminded me of that. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, welcome. Yeah, so thank you for having intro, me. And that's the whole show. Do you know, I got to be honest, I'm, what is this, season what? Well, uh, we kind of. This is kind of technically a season. four. Yeah, but so like. Long? Um, I've been offended for three seasons. and Oh, so it's about you. This is yeah. your show. Yeah, for sure. Okay. I mean, that. Dario, whatever. He's, I, uh, not for, I mean, he's a better looking person. Than most of us. Most, yeah, right. So better looking people yeah. get to go first yeah. in most things, right? Yeah, he's a handsome yeah. man. So. Well, the good thing is now the bar is raised, so you're going to do nothing but disappoint. Good. Right. So do you have, have you ever. It's, been, it's been my career for the past few years. <laughs> <laughs> have you used any of your sports car teams to smuggle anything? Smuggle anything? Smuggle anything. I'm just trying to see where you match in um, in the spectrum of our guests. Here. I mean, I don't have to smuggle. I get free booze. Okay. Oh. Uh, well, booze it's are already legal. Happened. Okay. That's yeah, yeah, booze yeah, yeah. are legal. Smuggling drugs? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, I didn't say that. Wow. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, things that I haven't legal. heard those stories for a number of years. So you haven't listened to the show then? Yeah. No. Who's uh, which one was that? Oh no, I did hear about this one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. NASCAR driver was it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> My way off. Just keep uh, digging. I want to know where you go with this. Yeah. Exactly. No, we had Randy Lanier. And Don Whittington. And Don Whittington in the same All day. Right. Yeah. yeah, and Don Whittington was like, nope, never did anything wrong. And then Randy Lanier's like, oh, let me tell you everything we did. So it was kind of like, all right, he's all right, fine. I remember way back in the when I raced in the UK, I can't remember the guy's name, but I remember one team just disappeared one day, <laughs> unless like 98 or 99, and it never showed up again. Turned out the dude was uh, smuggling all sorts of stuff across the Atlantic and the transport. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. It had built belly lockers, everything just uh-huh. for smuggling. Uh-huh. Good. I don't know why you would smuggle stuff from the UK to the rest of Europe, but it doesn't seem like a very good plan. So Glasgow, Scotland to Orlando. Go. It's a good decision, right? I've never been to oh. Glasgow, Scotland. I'm um, guessing it's warmer. Glasgow is amazing. Uh-huh. Um, I grew up outside of Glasgow, a place called Airdrie. And but you got to remember that Glasgow and Edinburgh, the two biggest cities, the main cities, they're only like forty minutes apart, right? So it's small country, but obviously very different uh, communities, personalities, cultures, and also a big rivalry. You got the east-west thing. Oh right, yeah. Uh, We hear about in the raps. Yeah, it's 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 like a lot of rap songs. Yeah, the Proclaimers did a rap. (laughs) Uh, Went to school in Glasgow. Loved it. Loved everything about Scotland. Uh, But it was just really was a career move for me that I ended up here um, and when I came over I pretty much given up on racing to be honest I had a really shitty Formula 3 season I drove for uh, Alan Prost's Formula 3 team okay, yeah. I thought life was made there was all sorts of uh, you know promises and contracts about F1 and you know they dangled that car and my dad put pretty much everything he had into that season 
And uh, but midway through the season, the F1 team went bankrupt, uh, followed by the F3000 team, and shortly followed by our team. Mm -hmm. Good. So that dream gave up real fast. Yeah, yeah. right. Uh, and I racing. ended up, at, at that time, a little bit of background, Dario dated my sister. Oh, yeah. it's all getting, it's yeah. all getting clear. Okay. Uh, and so Dario was a good family friend. It, it was weird because they were, when, when we grew up. Around when is this? Hang on. Uh, this would be like 90. Can we see a picture of your sister? My sister? She's got to be pretty hot. It's weird for me to say that, isn't it? I wasn't talking to yeah, you. We're, we're <laughs> yeah, we're not asking you to verify the hotness. Yeah, we can yeah, do that I'm saying that to Sean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll I mean Dario's not exactly I'll find that slumming. for sure. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> Dario was just starting his career here. They'd been dating for a couple of years, so he was a good family friend. Okay. And uh, things were just obviously taken off for him in 97, 98, 99. Yeah. Uh, he was like, come over, meet some Atlantic teams. The budgets make sense. The exchange rate makes sense. And so it, on paper, it all made sense. So I jumped on a plane. I came over to Laguna Seca. It was the last race of the 2001 season. Oh, that was a good year for Atlantic State. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it's pretty funny. The only team that um, didn't cancel their meeting with me was Mike Shank. Huh. Okay. And Mike Shank, uh, him and I just hit off pretty quickly. Now, what does canceling a meeting mean? Because we had meetings set up. And right. And I guess maybe they didn't like my haircut because it was really bad. Now, did you, were you, did you have, like, I've never known a team owner to turn a kid down if he had funding or some sort of I, promise or we something. We didn't have enough funding. Okay. And, and, Dario and they knew this was, going in. Yeah, Dario okay. was helping us out, and we were the same management company at the time. So it okay. was we were pretty open about what we had, and we didn't have enough money to stay in the UK. And Atlantic's at that point, like five or six guys were getting paid to race yeah. or at least be on free deals. So we figured, all right, let's go there and try and do a good job the first year and try and get some kind of right. scholarship out of it. So, right. Uh, only team ended up agreeing to meet me and test me was uh, Shank. Yeah. And I went to, let me think, this would have been maybe September that year, October, whenever the champ car race was then. And I ended up coming back doing a test in November with Mike. Uh, we made a deal for nine of 12 races because we didn't have enough money to do the whole thing. So we picked the races that we thought would be good at. Good for you, sure. Uh, and then started doing like kind of winter season testing and we were pretty competitive. And actually my first race, Ended up in 2002, was in uh, Mexico, uh, Monterey, Mexico. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, maybe I shouldn't say this now, but the series ended up paying for my race. Oh, interesting. Because well, I was around anymore, yeah. but go on. Yeah. Well, because I was quickest in whatever, the, the last test before that race, and I was going to go anyway. Mm -hmm. The team were going with two other drivers. Uh, uh, Rodolfo Levine. Levine, yeah. Yeah. awesome guy. Guy wears Corona underwear. Yeah, <laughs> he's a yeah. diehard, dedicated. Yeah. Uh, and then Seb Coster, yep. yeah, he was yeah. an awesome guy. You met him; he's a cool dude. Yeah. And so, uh, like the fifth hour, uh, it was like, right, you gotta go do this. And so they they paid for the tires, paid for the entry, and I think we just paid to run the car. Yeah, right. So we obviously did it. We finished second, and then it kind of took off from there. Uh, Mike wasn't able to offer me in for those last two races. And Hilton was in their big demise at the time where the whole thing was crumbling. It was yeah. Hunter Ray and Yazakalo. Yeah. yeah, right. And uh, we were done. I was like, all right, go get a real job. Give it a bash. Didn't work out. Nobody called. Right. And I literally got a call from Keith Hilton about a week before the 11th round and said, I got no money. The team's going under. I don't want to hear from you. Just come and drive the car. Huh. I went and did those two races with Hilton, and we finished second and third at a pole. And then Hilton got sold to Sierra Sierra. Right. Yeah. Right. And then everything And then that was, kicked that out the just, final couple years. That was years. it. Yeah. 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 And strangely, it all works. Yeah. yeah. I do have a funny story about my shank thing, though. Uh, I confirm with this. So when you grow up in the UK, you just assume that America's 
California, Florida. <laughs> That's all I know. That's all it is yeah. to yeah. anybody. It's the only place we ever come visit. Fair enough. New York, if you're crazy. Yeah. If you're adventurous. Uh, so Mike had arranged for me to have a little apartment in Columbus, Ohio. Sure. Metropolis. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Uh, you know, cultural I, I, haven. Booming city. I yeah. flew right up there in January of 2002, and I got off the plane, and I said, F*** this. <laughs> <laughs> there is no way I'm going to leave Scotland for a colder, wetter, right. more miserable environment than yeah. I'm already in. Sure. Orlando's nice. I like Disney World. Yeah. Literally turned around, flew to Disney World, and stayed here and never left. <laughs> nice. And, and you I, had family here, right? So I do now. Okay. So my, my parents retired. My, my mom and dad's plan was always to retire in Disney World. And I'm, I'm not joking. In Disney World. It's good to have goals. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of Sean. Yeah, but I'd say, yeah. I'd actually get along with your parents. Yeah. I'm my like, mom and no dad one would think I'm a closet Disney guy. They have rooms in their house that are Disney decorated. <laughs> they have had annual passes probably for 25 years. Holy right. Right. They go to Disney World and sit and have coffee and watch the tourists, they call them. Right. Well, yeah, because they've got the passes. So they're it's, it's they're regulars. Yeah. Oh, now, yeah, where do you stand regulars. on this? I've You're changed. not in. Okay. No, I, I love it. I guess <laughs> okay. I've honestly, changed. You can I, say it. I think it's the best place in the world. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought you were going yeah. the other no, way. No, like, yeah. my wife doesn't like going. I, I can't understand that. I was she's from Florida, there. right? Yeah. So she grew up. Yeah. It's old news. Sebring. Yeah, that's what we heard. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get there. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're, we're gonna get we're there. We got yeah. all all time all right. in the world. Yeah. I'll stop talking. So we 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 spent a solid five minutes of research on every guest that we that we meet up with. And um, the one thing we came to the conclusion of is is the razzle-dazzle that we know. Uh, there's not a whole lot of non-racing stuff on, out there on you. Like, once you started racing Atlantics or Formula Vauxhall or whatever, like, that's kind of where anything about you starts. So let, let's go back three steps. Uh, what, uh, what, what started with racing? Like, did you cart? All right. Uh, dad, like most racing driver yeah. fathers, was a baker. Right, that's common. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. So what my, my dad was a successful uh, baker. My grandfather started the company. What kind of baking? Uh, we did everything from cakes, breads, pastries. Okay. I mean, we were, at one time, we were really big in the UK. Okay. Um, but you say he was like a successful business guy. So it wasn't like he was just sitting there in, in, with a hat in the back shop, just making it for one little corner store no, in, in we Glasgow. Had, uh, 50 stores at one Holy time. Holy Okay. Yeah. So he was, it was a we proper were, factory. Yeah, we were high street stores. So okay. we only supplied our own shops. Okay. So that was my, my dad's whole thing. Is Wait, so you had the shops and the manufacturing? Yes. Okay. But the manufacturing really only supplied our shops. And then we kind of deviated and we had to kind of start supplying the supermarkets. But that was kind of... So your dad was like the pastry mobster. My dad was Willy Wonka. Growing up, it's, it's Willy Wonka. You'd go okay. into the factory. If, and I, if Willy Wonka was like a badass mobster. And so we're going with the mobster. I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Scottish Mafia. Scottish. I, know, yeah. I know what this sounds, is going. Sounds kind of cool. There's a hammer <laughs> coming somewhere. Um, <laughs> pretty much. My, okay. my dad was okay. definitely a badass, still is. Uh, and But what my dad was, is he was a car fanatic. Okay. And whenever he, he always had like his daily driver and he always had some fun. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I kind of always grew up tinkering or helping him clean. And my dad's whole thing, he was always in uh, E-Type Jags. Oh, Jaguars. That okay. was his. That the was always his. Yeah, he had yeah. taste. Yeah. I think he had seven of them over his life. Oh, jeez. Yeah, and they're all white. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, all right. Okay. Is that, are all the cars white or just the E types? Uh, no, he, he did have uh, a Triumph Stag that was white, but he decided he wanted to change the color and change it to lavender. So he painted it with a paintbrush and, okay. and <laughs> wall paint. Okay. That sounds a like story. a good decision. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, when it rained, the good thing is it wasn't waterproof. Um, so, so he ended up 
he was just a car fanatic and it was kind of our bonding thing was he my sister was a horse rider and my other sister worked for the business and my dad we kept passing this place down the street from us right and it was a carting store okay and this guy this guy literally raised or started every scottish driver you would ever thought of his name was dave boyce and uh dario allen you name it everybody yeah. went through this guy's shop and so we passed every day and I always had some kind of stupid motorbike or something, and yeah. go-kart was... <coughs> Next logical yeah, bad step. let's try that. Right. So yeah. he, uh, my dad bought my brother and I a go-kart and uh, kind of did it for a couple of months. Didn't really like it. Right. It was cold and wet outside, and I wasn't really into that the rain. Uh, and then we went back and did it, and all of a sudden it, it stuck. So karting so from 8 till 16. So your sister's into horses. Was you then, are, yeah. You're into karting. No one picked up like a soccer ball and went... Maybe we can afford this. Okay. I cannot touch balls. That Continue. Well. <laughs> Continue. Oh, I bet you can. <laughs> Only two at a time. <laughs> uh, no, I was the clumsiest, worst ball player of any kind possible. Right. Did they say footballer there? Football. Yeah, our football is the one you kick with your feet. Your right. football is the one you no, throw I'm saying your hands. It was like a, as a soccer player called a footballer. Yeah, footballer. In Scotland. Okay, yeah, yeah. very good. That's but it. That's as much as my knowledge goes. But to be honest, I was like probably the only guy in school that didn't play okay. football. Right. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe because I was at it. I, I, I'm pretty competitive, so. Was was the Scottish karting scene the general UK karting scene, or was there a Scottish one specific? Um, both. So we had a definitely a separated Scottish, English, uh, Welsh, Irish. It was all with different uh, championships. And then there was always like the, I think you called it Super One back then, which was, you know, the invite deal where you all race against each other. Right. But it was always said, it's, you know, people make fun of you, but the Braveheart thing is kind of true. In order to kind of conquer in the UK, you have to kind of invade England. <laughs> and and sure, it, was, sure. it was the same in, in go-karts. You could win every championship year after year in Scotland. It's still the same. You know, if you win local carts or car championships right. you'll never be noticed until you go down and actually win at some of the big events right, right, so right. as soon as we kind of were educated into that we kind of packed up our let's say our Scottish scene and we headed south and tried to do that and, and honestly my karting career was not very good I I did really well in the Scottish stuff went down south and I like to say that I never was in the right car and engine combination at the sure. right time. You're a pro driver. I also <laughs> think that I maybe wasn't as good as other guys. Oh, wow. Yeah, I, I felt like in karting, I felt like I was good, but not the best. Okay. Any names? Um, in my generation, man, it, my I was the Conway generation, the okay. uh, Anthony Davidson, mm -hmm. uh, Gary Paffett. All names still around. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. like when you look at it, but even when I came to Atlantics, right? So it, when I went to Atlantics and it was the Almondinger yeah. and, mm -hmm. and uh, Valiente, who doesn't race now anymore, but uh, uh, Brian Sellers. Yeah. So yeah. I, I just, I felt in carts that I got to the point where I was like, I don't know if I'm really as good as I should be to yeah, be spending sure. this money and doing this. Yeah, so why not move up to cars then? <laughs> yeah, so, exactly. So that was my dad's <laughs> right. prototype. Right. Yeah. My, my dad was like, you know, we can't keep spending money forever. And if you've got the money now, you may as well go all in and so we, we tried to kind of um, escalate let's say the learning process and, and we did we jumped we bailed on my last karting season that would have been in 98 first couple of races went total so shit. you're like 16 15, 15 that yeah. year okay. and uh, like I'd seized a couple of motors the first couple of races the championship was done so we basically bailed on that and started just testing for the next season and it was the right thing to do yeah. went into the next season that was a, a difficult year 
That was 1999 and Vauxhall Junior. So your karting team was like the karting team that raised like McNish and Coulthard and yep. stuff like that. Were you spending time around those guys? Like, would they come by and... Like they were normal dudes. Oh, wow. That's yeah, I mean, cool. I, I, re I have pictures and memories. And the thing is, none of them... When I first met them, the age gap was small enough that none of them were uh, I, well, I consider superstars. Yeah, yeah. Like sure. they, like they became. Right. Uh, David hadn't got his F1 break yet. Sure. Uh, Dario was in DTM, had just got his DTM deal the first time I met him. And Alan was in sports cars, but it was before he kind of had his big ramp up. Sports cars, F1, sports yeah, right. cars. But, you know, these guys were all completely normal. Colin McRae was another guy who would just come and rent a cart from our guy and go mess around. How was he in a cart? That was phenomenal. I believe him. Yeah. 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 He was just one of those guys that you could just do anything. He just anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Even when he jumped in, like, the GT1 car, yeah. there, there was no – I know I could never go and jump in his right. car, but right. he's one of those guys that <laughs> – yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Just naturally mega. And it's a super nice guy. So at right. what point do you think – uh, this is going pretty well, but I'm not going to be in an F1 car. Is that when the the when the frosting collapses? Yeah, yeah. When the frosting collapsed, it was one of those. I think I went into it fairly realistic at the time, mm -hmm. as realistic as you can be at that age, and thinking that you know your shit doesn't stink, as as most young uh, successful racing drivers think. Mm -hmm. You know, you got your dad bankrolling some money behind you, and and you just assume that this is going to come easy. I'd say by about the end of the first weekend in British Formula 3 against guys like Sato and Davidson. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, it was an eye-opening experience. And that was the first time where people always tell you this is a two-year program. <laughs> and it was the first time where I actually went in a season and said, I can do this in the first year. Yeah. And by the end of the first weekend, I was just in tears. This is the worst thing I've ever done. Right. I yeah. go back to Formula Renault. Sure. There's there's just being bad, but seeing where you can improve and going, f I don't know how. This is I can, yeah, I, you know, I don't. I couldn't tell you why. It's I'm the so whole slow. thing, right? The only person you can compare to is your teammate. Right. And, and my teammate was a veteran, a guy called Nicholas Chiesa. Oh, sh yeah. Yeah. Okay. And I was quicker than Chiesa most weekends. Okay. And let's say we outscored each other, fifty-fifty. Okay. So that was my uh, benchmark. Mm -hmm. But we're just when I look back now, it was an Italian-run team. Um, Italian run by French, right? It's, it's a bad combination. <laughs> Sounds great. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I think it's, I can count maybe one or two years of misery in my career, and that's probably the highest ones. Yeah. I think a, a, a kid that was on a major steep path to success then gets thrown into this deep end where he gets his absolute arse kicked. And, uh, I mean, they, they were hard on you. Yeah. Well, at the end of that year, that was the year where I was like, I'm either done or I'm going to go do something totally different. Sure. I had no interest in staying in, in Europe at that point. Yeah. I was completely done with the the BS that goes along with Formula yeah, 1 yeah, and yeah. all that crap. And right. prior to Dario, how much did you know about the U.S. scene? Uh, not a lot. Oh. And to be honest, not even a lot when I first came over. Sure. Uh, I remember Mike Shank, who still to this day is a, a good, good friend of mine. As you know, he's one of the like coolest dudes you can meet, right? Um I remember him pulling me aside like two or three races into the season. He's like, he's like, if you want to make it over here, you need to stop being a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I too. and I was like, yep. no, he was, he was full on, like had me by the shoulder. Right. And he's like, nobody wants to talk to you. Everybody thinks you're an asshole. Everybody thinks you're that typical European. He's like, mm -hmm. I know you're not that guy, but, and I was like, but these people aren't my friends. What were like, you doing? And he's being cold. Being yeah. You just came from that sort of F3 yeah. mentality. Like of, you, yeah. you don't socialize with the other drivers or teams, and you don't oh, say yeah, good yeah. morning. Yep. You, yeah. You're this little European that doesn't want to deal with anybody. And 
So I came over there with that, right? And also, I came over after being beat with a stick for 12 months. Right. So I, I was probably pretty you know, jaded when I got here. Yeah. And uh, he pulled me aside. I'll never forget. He said to me, he's like, if you want to have a career here, people need to like you. Yeah. And uh, I still, to this day, I tell people this story. Because, you know, I don't know if I'm the best guy out there. I think I can hold my own. But I feel like to be successful year after year, you bring something additional. Yeah, absolutely. And people need to like you. Mm -hmm. If you're inspecting people to invest millions of dollars in you, you're better to be the nice guy than the asshole. So you come over to the, uh, from Europe. Dario kind of invites you over to come check it out. You get to see. And you your know. sister to come out. <laughs> well, that, yeah, let's yeah, get back to that real quick. Sister. Yeah, no, no, when when he's dating this. your sister, is she still living at home? I think this is probably one of those off-limit ones. I'm good friends with Dario's current wife. What the f*** was that? <laughs> yeah. I just said we edit. <laughs> um, all I was going for was, do you, like, come downstairs at your house and Dario's, like, on the couch with your sister watching TV and your dad's, like, sitting no, there I, watching I never, him? I never caught like, them in the act. Okay. Um, no, no, no. Just hanging yeah. out at your house and you're like, that's um, Dario Franchitti all right, in it, my house. So, no. I used to come out of school and yeah. Dario would be sitting there in a yellow Ferrari what picking a, me up from school. What a dick. That's why oh. I wasn't that's why I wasn't liked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. My my dad in, in that same era, my dad uh I think my dad had a three four eight yeah. Ferrari right. and then Dario had just bought a three five five, so I was like the most uh, yeah, unliked right. guy in school. Right, right. <laughs> Even his sister's boyfriend's got a Ferrari. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, How is your dad? Uh, we, we refer to this over here a lot in American sports as a little league dad. How is your dad? Uh, since he's obviously spending money that he made from his Like, for perspective, Paul Tracy's dad was banned from the kart track. Yeah. Oh, no. My yeah. dad was never that bad okay. that I know of. Um, very passionate, without a doubt. Who isn't? Um, but passionate can be encouraging, or it can be like, I'm burning a stuffed animal me, every time you spin. To yeah, me, yeah. Uh, never did I ever have any pressure from my dad other okay. than encouragement. Okay. Um, I think to the race teams, even still this day, I mean, there may have been a race with Peter Barron one time where my dad ripped his shirt off in pit lane because <laughs> he was embarrassed to wear the Star Wars shirt because we picked it. <laughs> we All right, because, continue. Because I found this out like months later. <laughs> Peter was too scared to tell me. Yeah. And uh, apparently my dad was, it was Watkins Glen Sixer. I know that because it was raining. And apparently he was, uh, I can't remember what year it would have been. It was one of those years where it was like wet, dry, wet, yeah. dry. Uh. It was grand down days and we were leading and it was like we stopped, put weights on, everybody put slicks on, and it dried up, right? Yeah. One of those, whatever. And uh, my dad was, was pretty animated. Yeah. And yeah. the next time I saw him was in the rental car with no shirt on. <laughs> 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 and, and I got in the car, I'm like, where's your shirt? He's like, it was wet because of the rain. And I'm like, that makes perfect sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, what I found out no. later is that he ripped it off as he walked from the pit lane to the paddock. Because he was so mad about a tire choice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Why was Peter scared to tell you this? Uh, he, because he knows that I'm pretty hard on my dad with stuff like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he was worried about me probably giving my dad a hard time for. So, so there's it, been a lot of those incidents. There. So there's a lot. Okay, okay. <laughs> Half of them I don't even know. <laughs> right. So there's a lot of kind of moments. Right. Uh, you know, it's like I go through stages. I go through stages where I I don't care because sure. I know it's it's his best interest, right? Right. And there's other times are like, oh, come on, man. Well, a lot of times a successful business guy can be the smartest guy in the room, whether he is or not. Yeah. Um, is, yeah. is he that guy? Is he telling you everything no, you're doing wrong? No, he's the one that employed the best people around him. My dad always knew where his downfalls were, and he was okay. like, the best way to be successful is hire successful people. Right. 
That, that's solid. Yeah. yeah. I'm never going to work for Mr. Diaz. Right. So. so at the point of uh, your Atlantic career coming to an end, IndyCar and Champ Car, Champ Car is like basically going out, right? And you got to do some Champ Car races. Yeah. At the time, so 2004 was my last Atlantic season. Yeah. Uh, okay, 2003 was my first, let's say, um, I'll, I'll say funded successful year. Yeah. And that was with Sierra Sierra. And, and it was one of those weird deals where I basically got a call one day and they said, we've sold everything to this team and we kind of sold you kind of like a slave. And I was like, totally down for it, right? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, what else are you going to do? I, yeah. no, I was no. part of the package and super grateful <clears throat> to them for uh, taking me. Yeah. And at the end of that year, they actually, CRC actually paid for me to do a test with Derek Walker's team. And I, I think Champ Car was still pretty strong at that point, like 2003. Um, didn't work out, so the, the deal I had with them is if you don't get the Champ Car deal with Walker, come back to another year with us and see how the whole thing uh, works out. So we went back and did another year in four. That was the Almondinger. Yeah, you know, uh, I was the Fogarty, the Fogarty year. year. Yeah, yeah. But you were right really, up there. I threw that one away myself a couple of times. That was uh, just me making mistakes. Because you won like five or six of those yeah, races or something I, crazy. I, when you look back, I pretty much dominated the season other yeah. than a couple of bad mistakes that cost me points. Um, yeah. And John was just... It, so it, solid. And to be honest, he was just a smarter driver that year than I was. I was, I think, under too much pressure to try and win the bloody thing and get the money to do the champ car deal. And uh, and then at the end of this that year, a lot of people don't even know this, but I, I signed a two-year contract at the end of 2004 to drive for PKV Racing. Oh, which I didn't was, know that. Yeah, Vassar, Kalkoven, and... Um, uh, Pook, uh, not Pook. Uh, uh, what's his name? Oh, man. Pollock. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Craig Pollock. And uh, went did a test at Barber. Did a two-day test. By the end of the first night, I signed a two-year deal to drive oh, 2005 and six. Okay. Uh, with Jimmy, and uh, deal was done. Everyone was agreed upon. I was like, this is it. Life is great. And then I got a call in uh, probably February of 2005. It would have been, and it was from uh, Jim McGee. Do you remember Jim McGee? I do remember Jim, Jim McGee. McGee yeah. One of the greatest guys I ever worked yeah. with. He was the team manager at PKV that year. Yeah, because he'd been prior to that. He was running... Um, uh, Pac West. Pa uh, Pat yeah, Patrick. Yeah. Pat Patrick, Patrick Grayson. Yeah, yeah. Patrick so Grayson. they, yeah, they yeah. brought him in, I think, in 2004 yeah. to kind of get PKV started. Yeah. Him and I had a great relationship, as, as I did with Jimmy. And uh, I literally got a call in February. He's like, boy, I got some bad news. And I was like, oh, what's that? Was that your American, by the That's way? That's like my Southern American. Okay, we'll come back to that. But That's yeah. on the list. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you knew him, you'd, you'd know he's, he's really slow and strung out. Sure. Was, and he was just like, Demata just got fired from F1, and we're hiring him. And I was uh, like, yeah. Like, we the series? Or <laughs> yeah, right. Or we, right. The, we the team? Yeah. And uh, he was like, we're, we're putting him in with Jimmy. Kevin wants him in the series. It's good for the series. Don't worry. We're going to honor your contract. We're going to pay you for the season. You're going to come every race. You're going to test the car. And if somebody gets injured or if anything else happens, you're the guy. And we honor it for 2006. Okay. So I went and did the – that's when I did the Pacific Coast deal yeah. with the GT1 car. Yeah, yeah. yeah. you guys were running basically a, a year-old Corvette. Yes. Yeah. And that was a complete random – I was friends with Tyler and, yeah. and Alex Figgy, and it, it literally just – Yeah, we'll, we'll I, talk about PCM in a bit. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. Cold called, got a job, and then uh, – my, my year in 2005 was interesting. I, uh, I got to see a lot of the behind the scenes of PKV racing. 
And uh, that's when I did the one race with Dale Coyne. Right. Which PKV actually were the ones that kind of orchestrated that. Huh. That was uh, Toronto? Yep. Yeah. Jim McGee was the guy that 100% Made the whole thing happen. did that. So, yeah. Um, and then, you know, it never happened for 2006. They changed the team and... Now, did they honor your contract or 06? No, was for it? You six. Were out. Okay. Yeah, I, I got... I got paid for five, and I, I drove the car a bunch of times right. in testing and yeah. did probably like eight or ten days that year. Oh, that's cool. right. yeah. So it was cool. I, I got to drive moment. it a lot. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and I was lucky I had the other deal. And that was almost my first year with Starworks, which was Samax back then. Ah, right. right. Okay. 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 Yeah, it, that was a good year. Like for me personally, that was, um, I think it was that kind of, first of all, sports cars, it was a hard, it, it's kind of hard for you to give up on the one dream and, sure. and focus on that. Right. On the other <laughs> hand, I had a lot of money coming in that I'd never seen before. Yeah, right. yeah, so yeah like, exactly. I got like three jobs. Yeah. Because so yeah. at, at the time you were driving for basically what was then known as Pacific Coast Motorsports. Yeah. Run yeah. by Tyler Tadovic, who's still around today. Yeah. Um, but it was primarily funded by, I don't know his name, but Alex Figgy's father. Tom Figgy, yes. Tom yeah. Figgy, correct. Yeah. And uh, so they, at the time, they they were, they weren't big into ovals, so they really liked what uh, what sports car had to offer. And uh, so you guys did the GT1 program <laughs> with the Corvettes. Yeah. And, and, uh, and then was it Grand Am you guys switched so over we, to? So yeah, we abandoned the GT1 project, if I remember right, <laughs> right at the end of the year. It was like a year-old Corvette. It wasn't like a factory thing. It, it yeah. was a number of years old. Yeah. yeah. I, I think we believed it was a year old, but yeah. the more, <laughs> yeah, I understand, yeah. you know, like we, we'd have the guys from Pratt & Miller who actually were amazing at the time, and Johnny O'Connell would come and jump in the car and say, hey, I'll just let yeah. me help you out. Yeah. Was he a second faster than you? Uh, you know, ask him that. Okay. Then, yeah, we, yeah, then yes. We, we have, yes. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Second faster. Uh, but he was brilliant. I mean, honestly, like, <laughs> the guy would literally just come down the pit lane, take his helmet off from another car. I'm like, you guys want me to jump in the car? Okay. Yeah. Oh, and he would sure. jump in, he'd go do a couple laps, and he would give us his feedback. But he was one of the guys that would be like, yeah, you need the other splitter. Right. <laughs> you need the other front brakes. Why, why are you like, still using that? Yeah. 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 All of a sudden, right. it's like, you know, then you start tacking things on. And we realized yeah. at that point the car wasn't ever going to be competitive. Right, right. Yeah. Um, and, and that we, was like GT1's heyday. Yeah, you know. which, by the way, coolest sports car I ever drove. Yeah. Holy crap. Yeah. Those things were monsters. Yeah. yeah. I, yeah. I wish we could go back to that. Just give them 700 horsepower and yeah. let us go. Yeah. But you went into Champ Car for a couple of years with, with Pacific Coast. Um, at the time, Champ Car was an all-road course series. Yep. So it was you and Alex, basically. And, and Alex has a ton of experience, but Champ Car was such a different beast compared to what he was probably used to. Um, it seemed like... It was a new team, two drivers who weren't as familiar with champ car racing. It seemed like it was a little bit of a rough couple of years there. Rough would be an understatement. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I'm friends with Tyler. I'm a, I'm, you a, know, I'm a big advocate. Tyler and I still to this day talk about what we should have done. You're obviously still friends with a lot of the True Speed guys, but it didn't end well, as I remember. Um, uh, well, I mean, to be honest, part of it didn't help that I broke my collarbone. Ah, uh, I broke my collarbone, but I... You know, was in the car 12 days later. Yeah, right. Bolted and, and stitched up, and I was like, I'm not missing this, right? This is my. And, and the race I came back was my highest qualifying I'd ever had. Oh, nice. Qualified sixth. <laughs> um, so now nah, it was it was a tough year, uh, on and off track. It was tough, and then uh, I got booted out. I think two races or three races to go in that season, for Mario Dominguez. I remember oh, that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The and so uh, yeah, funded that didn't go so Mario well. Dominguez. They funded Mario Dominguez and everybody yeah. funding. Yeah. Yeah, fair. That worked out well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, so you married a woman from Sebring. Yeah. Yep. On purpose. So, I, can I just ask yeah. on the pick? Because my theory is the pickup line is, 
I don't live in Sebring. <laughs> and, and well, I heard you didn't meet her in Sebring. I met her in Orlando. Okay, okay. so you yeah. didn't because I would have yeah. gone with I can get you out of here. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> what get was in the, the car. What was okay? How did you? What was the mechanism? Uh, how did you meet her? Well, back then it was MySpace. Oh wow! Yeah. So like so, late funny 80s. Story. Uh, yeah. yeah, funny story. Back Can't wait, when, time out. You have to explain what MySpace is. Yeah. yeah. So back when we had dial-up connection, <laughs> there was this thing called MySpace. Right. Who was uh, your five friends? Your five, your top five. Who was the guy that MySpace? ran it? Tom. 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 Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think he was in well, there. He had to be. Yeah, that was like the be? rule, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't even remember. But uh, so we we had it was one of those things mutual friends, right? Sure. So we uh, I'd seen her a couple of times where I lived in downtown Orlando at the time. I always saw her in the same bars every week, and it was like okay. I, I knew a couple of people that knew her, but I also had stalked her and found her on Facebook because I want to know who the hell she was. Yeah. So okay. she had this Zoolander look, blue steel, and so I eventually found okay. her. Her name is Jessica. So, and, and it's uh, Jessica Lynn, right? Jessica Sapp was her name then. No, but it's not like Jessica hyphen. She's from Sebring, I'm assuming. It's oh, Jessica she doesn't Lynn. have. No, she doesn't yeah. have two names. Okay. No. <laughs> really? All right. I was cool. a little slow at the table. That's okay. There. That's okay. Sorry. That's all right. We thought, no, we planned that. That was planned. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not that quick. Don't, don't, don't take. I mean, I do know people in our family with multiple names. Yeah. <laughs> Just from Sebring, um, you should ask. Florida in general. Yeah. We're so fine. we're fine. Yeah. We eventually started talking on MSN Messenger. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. As yeah. you do. Yeah, because that's what you did then, right? Yeah. Um, it would be like uh, AIM, AIM or GChat yeah. now, it was kids. The same time. Wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, it was back then. Yeah, it was like that. Was I didn't have that. I don't think I was cool enough. I had an MSN. And to be clear, this was all on desktop computers because you didn't right. have this on a phone. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, we ended up going <laughs> on our your first aim? date, <laughs> and I I knew very little about her past. Uh-huh. Uh, I knew she was from Orlando. I knew she at that time was a mortgage broker. Um, she knew I was something in racing, had really no interest. Not a fan or no, anything? No, not a yeah. fan, nothing. Yeah. So we went for dinner, and uh, it came up about, I was like, well, where are you originally from? Because my wife looks kind of, like, exotic. She does, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and I just assumed she was from somewhere else. And right, she's like, right. no, I'm from, I'm from here. I was like, nah, come on. Every American's from somewhere. Where are you from? You're right. Uh, expecting some exotic uh, climate, and she said, "Well, it's a little place you've never heard of it called Sebring." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, choked on the like, sushi. Well, it was nice meeting <laughs> you. <laughs> I was like, "You got your teeth." Um, Where are your children? Sorry. I said that. This I just, is so I just, bad. I just, I just this insulted, is so bad. That's no, great. Insulted all my in-laws, <laughs> uh, who are all still there. Well, they don't have internet. It's yeah. fine. <laughs> Dial up. We're side. not. They're we're not on MSN. <laughs> running the cable down. This that's right. That's right. We're gonna um, hear this in ten years. Right. So, uh, right. so she told me that, and I was like, "Holy crap! All right. Well, no, I know Sebring." And so at this point, she really had no interest. I think she just assumed. Uh, I think she just assumed I was a rich kid or something like that. I had a nice car at the time, and I don't think she knew anybody that raced cars. So Wait, I, what was the nice car? When we met, I had a GT3. <laughs> Oh, oh, why yeah. would she fucking okay, assume you're a rich kid? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, as you do. It's yeah. like, right. I've, I've stayed okay. consistent through the years. I was going to say, okay. you have one now. Yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. How's your NSX, Ryan? It's in the sh- uh, it's in the showroom at yeah. the dealership. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's on. I'm All letting right. him use it. Yeah. Yeah. I wish they were free, right? Free. Why doesn't any manufacturer give a driver a car? I mean, I have a car. He actually does have a car. Like, you have a car. It's but it's just not an NSX. To this day, not to go off topic. I don't get it. Every manufacturer should give every driver, yeah. whether they get to keep it or just turn up to the race. Right. Uh, no, I get it. I think it's what it looks. It should yeah. look like. Yep. Anyway, the Viper deal when I did that, 
uh, that was a pretty good deal. We all got like SRTs. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. they're good about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah, and it was like when I would even travel, all I had to do was just ask for a car, and I'd have like a Jeep SRT or something. Yeah. That was, nice. That was like the coolest car ever made. Um, I heard yeah. you got busted on that because you kept calling it a Dodge. Which at the I time got was an SRT. So much trouble that year. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> first like first test, I'm getting a crap. Because so the Viper, the first year of the program, if I'm not mistaken, was considered an SRT, not a Dodge. Yeah. But we all know it is a Dodge. Yeah, right, 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 right. That, right. that wasn't what I get in the most trouble for. I just get okay. in trouble for just talking. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the same people are not there anymore, so I don't want to offend anybody. But man, like first test, I'm like, Bill Riley's pulling me aside, and Bill was it Bill said I was getting in trouble. Because Bill was I, I the didn't one. I know where you got that from. I was like, I, oh, I didn't I know have that. Sources. Bill, yeah. man, used to have to pull me aside almost every race week. I was like, they're upset with you. You can't say that. <laughs> and I'd literally be like, what the hell did I say? Right. I have no clue. And it'd be like, oh, that shouldn't have been a yellow flag. Nope. So anyway. Ah, uh, copy. Oh, guess that's why I've never driven for a manufacturer. Uh, so, wife. Jessica totally Lynn. Off topic. Jessica Lynn. <laughs> Jessica Lynn from Sebring. Yeah. Uh, so she got to talking about, okay, she's from Sebring. I'm like, I know Sebring. I go there every year. Wait, so right. she knew you were in racing, but didn't, but assumed you didn't know what it Sebring clear was? at this point, she had no interest in me, right? Yeah, okay. right. Because she yeah, was yeah. like, whatever, dude. It was real obvious well, on the first day. She wasn't she impressed never, by your top five friends. Which were probably people she like, knew. Yeah, yeah okay. right. right. And didn't Tom. like them. Yeah. Tom. Yeah, everybody knows this Tom guy. Uh, so we, uh, she said, she'd asked, like, what do you do? And so I told her, well, I go to the race every year. And she's like, oh, yeah, this is not going to go well. My my dad's not going to be cool with this. So oh yeah, and so full on, she told me that um, on the first date that she was never allowed to go to the race because her dad didn't really think that the Sebring Twelve Hour is a place for a, a right. young family. Girl. Yeah, right. Of course it's not. Yeah. <laughs> still this still this day, I tell her not to go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not wrong. So it was an interesting start. Uh, turned out her dad though, her dad was a crazy Sebring 12-hour fan. Okay. Like, oh. when I have... Her dad passed away a few years ago, but I have uh, all the posters that he had accumulated oh, year wow, after yeah. year. That's super I cool. I have, like, 20 years of posters. Yeah, that's cool. yeah which... Okay. So, so it was kind of crazy how I, I kind of ended up marrying in a racing family, but she Not wasn't... Had no idea. Yeah, she yeah. has no clue. Still, yeah. to this day, my wife is fairly clueless when it comes to racing because she looks at life as, I don't want you to come and sit in my office and yeah. tell me how to do my job. Right. So why would I come and do it to sure. you? Uh, what does she do? She works for a big law firm in Orlando. Uh, so she is the uh, office administrator for the Orlando, Tampa, and Jacksonville offices. Okay. Oh. So it's not that she doesn't want to know about racing. She's probably too smart to care about racing. Yeah. She would rather spend her weekends with me where I'm not working. Yeah. And so, you, but yeah. you work like 20 odd. All the time. 20 to 30 weekends a year, I'm assuming. You have to everywhere I go. You have to, right? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, no. I'm not faulting the (laughs) lifestyle, but, like, how is she with that if she's not a race person? Uh, She understands it. So my wife's a horse rider. Okay. And so that's her passion where how she justifies me being away so much is by spending money on a horse. Mm -hmm. But it works out okay. At least she works at a lot for It works out okay. So I I like that she does it. She's good at it. And it's something that she's passionate about. Right. What's the horse's name? I have, don't even know the name of this one. It's your horse. No, I, I've never seen this one. What? Yeah, she, she doesn't let me go watch her. Oh, I make, I right. make her nervous because I'm uh, always like, yep. jump bigger, go yep. faster, right? Fair. Well, about say, is it because you're <coughs> typical race car driver where you start giving her advice she I didn't ask for? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I was noticing. <laughs> I, she gets stressed. She, I think she thinks that I always, uh, thank you, I should always 
see her jump bigger and go faster and all this stuff. And I think she gets stressed that if I go, she's not doing that stuff. Who drives the daily? Daily driver? Yeah. Oh, me always. Oh, always you. Okay. I'm like pretty much her Uber during the week. Okay. Okay. One of my uh, like favorite things in being home is it sounds kind of weird and cheesy and corny. Uh, I love driving my wife to work. No kidding. Because no, like she is works. It, is it like a nine to six kind of job, or it can be, or it can be a seven till nine. And you're home on weekdays, basically. Yeah, and so so that's your chance. It to gives spend us time. time. I get it. See yeah, each other. Cool. And I wholeheartedly understand that. Yeah, so. she has a, a stressful job and. For me personally, I uh, I know it takes like 10, 15 minutes of her day from not worrying about parking and running late. And no, stuff. no, I totally get it. And like if she's home after seven, you get an hour together. Yeah, yeah, that's so actually it works. Nice. Out. Yeah. No, I totally understand. I'm a nice yeah. guy. He's we're gonna, we're gonna make fun of you for that later, but in, re- right. in, yeah. in person, we think it's really sweet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I totally own that. That's right. No, I'm all good. Um, so I figured a good topic for while we're eating because it's very easy to discuss and not have to look at notes. Go for it. Henry Zogabe. Yeah, he's probably eating in prison, right? Uh, Tallahassee, a couple hours away. Yeah. Yep. I've thought many, many, many times. And honestly, it's the point where if I thought my wife was not going to divorce me, I'd have taken him cookies. But she won't let me do it. I'd to, love to, to go be, visit the guy. Just to be a dick? Yeah. 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 Yeah, yeah. You know, what if you made him and we, could deliver. And we took him? <laughs> or give everybody around him right. some gifts. Right. So, oh. Like cookies that are shaped like uh, knives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people know like a Greg Lowell's or a Scott Tucker story. Henry Zogib has kind of, I believe, slipped under the radar as the years he have gone He was the original. On. Yeah, yeah. Well, so he's a... Not anymore. Yeah. So <laughs> let's rain down some hell on He was called the, um, what was it? The Madoff of Motorsport is what all we called him. The, the Madoff of Motorsport. Madoff of Madoff Motorsport. Madoff. I like that. So what was the Ponzi scheme he was doing? Because I never quite wrapped my head around what he was well, doing. Well, hang on. Yeah. So if you're listening and you're a stock car fan and you don't follow sports car racing, which is real for us, yeah, yeah. they might not have a clue we're talking about. Okay. So a couple of years back when you're racing in Grand Am for Samax, which is Star Wars, Peter yeah, Barron's 2008. A gentleman driver is a part of the program named Henry Zogabe. Google him. It'll make it very clear. And you guys drove together for a while. He apparently had an investment. His name is Henri with an I. Oh, so he's fancy, huh? I found out later it was Henry with a Y. Yeah, but copy. Yeah, Henri. And he had an investment opportunity for you guys where you could supposedly like, make 40% back on your initial investment or something like that. And then That sounds terrible saying it that way. but right. Um, All right, so Henry Zogabe was, like most sports car deals, he was the money guy yeah. of the driver pairing. Right. Um, I met him the first time in November of 2007. And he was a young guy, too. He was a young guy, yeah. yeah. I think at the time, he's what I am now, so he was like 36 at the time. And I remember turning up for the November Daytona test, and it was a small test, wasn't many teams there, so the, the paddock was pretty open. I remember turning up to the, the Samax trailer, which Star Wars Samax, and there was this fleet of cars, like five or six. It was Bentleys, Lamborghinis, uh, Ferraris. Uh, it was like... Yeah couple of million dollars of cars yeah, just sitting right. there and I'm like oh okay this is cool yeah um, all the same guys cars um, friends drove them just okay why not as had you a, do had a Range Rover but was yeah. all five take cars so which is nothing unusual I mean it's it's not like I was shocked by yeah when, right. when new guy. money comes into the sport we've yeah. all seen this kind of behavior um, so the guy's name is Henry Zogame so this was uh, let's say November of 
2007. Uh, my whole champ car thing, it went really bad. Left me in a really bad financial spot at the end of the year. Um, but you know, then Peter's like, right, I've got this deal <clears throat> guy. He wants to do the whole season uh, next year. And so I was like, okay, like, great, let's do it. However, he didn't want me in the car for Daytona. He wanted to do an all-star Audi lineup. Peter didn't. No, or the, the guy. Oh, right, 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 okay. So the, I don't know if you remember, and maybe I'll get the names wrong, but I'm sure it was McNish, uh, Lucas Lure, Rockenfeller, and Zogabe. I believe that was the car. Now I end up in the second car for Daytona, which was, I think me, Thomas Engie, uh, Milka Duno was in there. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, because he was still And someone else, we had another like good pro in there, yeah. if I remember right. So, so the deal was I was going to do uh, coach him, uh, and then we do the whole season after yeah, Daytona. Yeah. So let's say from November till April, never once did we ever have a conversation about money other than, you know, contract money, payments to me. Right, right, right. Um, spent probably two weekends of the month at his place in Ponce Inlet, Daytona. Used his cars on the weekends he wasn't there. We used his apartment up there. I mean... Absolutely, to me, it was it was a weird guy. There was a lot of like you know what I call bull stories, where you know you, you kind of read through them, and a lot of the time it's guys just beating their chest about right, right but, how much money they but had. But before anybody listening throws out a red flag, well, that's it. like no, 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 that's very commonplace. Yeah. Guys that actually do have money. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he <laughs> so. was he was thirty six or so years old. Yeah, and we flew everywhere on private jets. I mean, we would fly up to New York for the day. When you're the coach or the co-driver, part of your job is to just kind of bullshit around and just deal with that. You yeah, listen to a lot of those stories. I yeah. think the people that. You know, because I remember there was a lot of backlash to like guys like me and Peter, like it was too good to be true, then it usually is. But you have to remember that from January 1st, I was getting frequent payments per the contract. About to say, you probably were paid on time at the beginning. Racing was all going good. We're spending yeah. money on the team. Everything yeah. was done. Cars on track. Money's Cars been on spent. track. Yeah. And, and it was, you know, these, these silly things where, Ryan, you'll appreciate this. You send your invoice and it's it's a something 900 number and they run up to the nearest. <laughs> oh, wow. I had never had that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So the guy was rounding up invoices and right. I'm like, well, you know, this, hey, is, thanks, this, is, yeah, this guy's yeah. really generous. Right, right. Bought me a set of wheels for my car. He, you <laughs> know, like weird yeah. things like that yeah. where you're like, all right, well, I'll take it with a pinch of salt, but right. I'll, whatever, it's fine. Um, so then it was, I'll never forget, it was a, it was a Thursday night. I remember it was a Thursday night because Thursday night in Orlando was a pretty good yeah. night out. Yeah. And I was uh, having dinner with one of my buddies at the time, and um, I got a call from him, and he was literally like, I, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. And this is like Did it start late. with the word bud? Hmm? Did he say bud? Bud? I don't <laughs> think he ever called me bud. Okay. I just want to know. I'm trying to I, You know, it's like, what I'm saying, I can't even remember his voice at this point. Okay. I tried to eliminate him from my memory. Until um, now. Yeah, so it's amazing how much these guys come up in your lifetime, though. So he, uh, he's like, once in a lifetime opportunity. And, you know, the little bit of the backstory leading up to this from the start of the year, there was a lot of what do you have, what have you have saved, what's your backup plan with your wife? And you is know? it like he's looking out for you? Kind of like exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. we got to figure out how Which, to make business out of racing. This happens to me 
yeah. all the time with guys that I've been coaching for a while because yeah. they care about you after a while. Yeah. You become part of the family. It's and they're like, hey, this normal. Is, and it's like for a business guy, they look at what we do and they know how ridiculous it is. So they're like, hey, this isn't going to last forever, yeah. right? And you're when like, is, Thank you. We don't make yeah. enough money to save for retirement. Right. Right? This right. is a job we will do, which is why we all do it in our 60s right. or whatever, right? Yeah. So, exactly right. Yeah. So, uh, and if you're getting paid on time, you're not thinking that this guy's, this guy's no. scamming. Exactly. He's and looking out for your best interest. level and grand at that point. For a number of months, the conversation was when we had dinners with my parents, to yeah. use that for dinner, right. um, you know, flew us to races on this jet, you mm-hmm. know, all this kind of stuff. And, you know, I knew the jets weren't owned, they were charred, but that's normal too. Yeah. All this stuff is always normal. And it, I never questioned the, uh, there was a lot of background digging he was doing with me where, what did I have in the bank? What do I need to live? What does your wife make? You know, what is your car payment? What is your mortgage? You know, and he, he used to all say to me that, you know, until you can go in and write a check for the full amount of your car, right. you shouldn't buy the car. Buy, yep. And I'd be like, yeah, well, that's that's fine for you and not fine for me. That's not how my life works. Um, so then he called me that night. And it was like 6 or 7 o'clock at night. And by this point, he knew that he knew my mom and dad had some savings, but businesses were not great for them. He knew I'd saved some money for the past couple of years. And so he kind of had a number in his head, I think, of what to ask for. And he, he pretty much said to me, uh, I need to know tonight because I need the money in the bank tomorrow before the weekend. One of my investors pulled out. Um, it's $400,000 in tomorrow or I need to go to the next guy and it's a 37.5% return somewhere between 8 to 10 weeks depending on the ship. And so his business was, he told us his business was in um, commodities, iron specifically, and it was you know buying in Singapore or selling in Dubai or some kind of crap that I don't remember. But, but it was enough of a story you could believe it. It was six months of friendship at this point. Yeah, right. Six months right. of friendship and, and business. Yeah. Funding a race team. And nothing sketchy. Nothing was late. No, like, oh, no. I, I wired it. That's weird. Like, none yeah. of those no, moments. He right. was yeah. literally, I'm only doing this for you because somebody just pulled out, and I want to give you this opportunity. It's the only one you're ever going to get with me. I just want to know. And I remember saying to him, saying, well, why wouldn't you do it yourself? And he said, because I'm trying to help you out, and I want to help your family out. And I want to help your own dad out, and I want to help your wife out. I was like, well, let me let me call my dad. I was like, I don't have enough. So uh, I let you call my dad. It was like 7 or 8 o'clock at night. I said, right, uh, this is what he wants to do. And my dad was like, do you trust him? And I said, yep. And he said, all right, well, I'll put 250 in. You put in the rest. Doable. And I was like, I was like, it pretty much leaves me. Yeah, right. I'm done. Like, yeah, I, yeah, I can't yeah. pay my mortgage next month if, if he's not paying me. And my dad's like, well, I'm kind of the same. You know, it's, it's, we're all in at this point. So my dad called him and uh, told him exactly the financial situation yeah, we're right, going to leave right, us in. Right. Don't worry about it. It's, it's already done. So we sent the money the next day. And I'll never forget, the money was meant to be back. We had a contract too. The money was meant to be back in like June 28th. You remember we used to have that July 4th Daytona yeah, night race? Yeah, so it started getting real bad the week leading up to that where I'm like, hey, man, this is not this is not cool. And uh, the week before that, we raced in VIR, I think, or the couple weeks before it. Right. And he also told me nobody, this is a one-off thing. Nobody's ever done it. I don't do this for everybody. A couple weeks before that, I started seeing some, uh, some cracks in the wall. And Peter Barron and I were having a conversation at VIR as to why the car won't start. The car won't start because the bill was not paid to the Motec guys. Uh, so I started hearing some rumblings about this and that. And Peter was like, oh, you know, 
I, I can't just cut the guy off because there's more involved in I've this. I've done. I've got a deal. Yeah, right. And I was like, well, I got a lot invested in this too. What do you mean? No. Uh, I gave him some money. And I, I literally, I remember my heart just freaking sunk. Yeah. I even yeah. remember where I was standing in the VR paddock. I remember that we were in the closer garages to turn one. Yep. And we were two garages in and we're standing next to the truck and my uh, life just changed at that point. Right. Yeah. And I was like. And was it a similar kind of story for Peter where he was, like, he was doing this to help him yep. and the whole thing? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah. When you buy all your stuff and do all this and yeah, the kids yeah. go to college soon. And it was that, you know, they, they find the weak point. So uh, we stood there and we're like, well, we're screwed. And we knew we were screwed at that point because then he told me that uh, another very well-known driver who had driven for the team also put in 400,000. So now between the three of us, it's 1.2 million right. since January. Yeah. And then we found out another 400,000 from another driver for another team Yeah. since January. So now you're, you're starting to add up the old moments. Yeah. And uh, so then when I went to Daytona, it started getting pretty heated between him and I the lead up to that July 4th race. Because <coughs> at this point, you... The jig is kind of up. Well, but I mean, there's, there's too many things at this point. So, yeah. like, how do you keep it together and not be like, we need to talk immediately? Not even because of you, because your dad's invested. Because I know how embarrassed <clears> you had to have My been. dad's invested because of me. Right, you exactly. Know, that, you that called him and part. said, I trust him, Dad. Like, yeah. You know? Which, by the way, not to get soppy, that haunts me to this day. I believe it. Sure. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. I mean, your dad worked how long with his business? I have another cool story after that, though. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I was pre... And, you know, Peter and I... As a team, we worked really well because I think I was always the, you know, think before you shout. And Peter was the shout and worry about it later guy. And so it always kind of worked out yeah, well for mean? us. <laughs> Peter Barron? Yeah. Oh. Weird. Never heard this. And so I, by the time we got to the race, I would already sent him a number of emails like, I need this from you. I need this right, from you. Right. You know, and I, I was using I was using other people as the kind of, I need this for you because this guy needs it. And the accountant needs this. And I was like, you need to, we need to clear up some of this stuff. And by that point, he hadn't paid me for July. This was the first time he hadn't paid my payment. It was like right. July 4th. Right. First, yes. He paid me directly, not through Starworks. Yeah, 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 that's common. But I also knew that Starworks were owed a lot of money. Right. Yeah, yeah Byron well, was the owed car's not money. starting up, so yeah, right. So uh, I literally, it was that one-day event, and I sent him a text the night before the one-day race, which was the Friday, and I said, I will not get on the car until you bring a wad of cash and you pay every crew member whatever they're owed, one, two thousand dollars. Oh. Everybody needs paid before I'll even get in the car. So we got the track. We don't practice. Because I literally am standing in the office saying, I don't give a shit. You go to the ATM and get as much money as you can and start paying some people up. Yeah. At this point, I still think things are okay. Right. I think he's just been. Something's up. An but ass. You, yeah. He kept blaming divorces and all this stuff. And oh, my, yeah. my wife's after me for all this well, money. And the other thing is, like, I know this from my clients when they're late to pay, is. If the invoice is still out there, it still behooves you because as soon as you piss them off, even if they've got the money, that invoice may never get paid. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I was kind of that fine line between do you want to piss this guy off and have him just decide to destroy you? Walk. Yeah, right. Yeah. Let's say he is yeah. worth right. tens of millions of dollars. Yeah. It crushed me in a second. Yeah. I'll never see any of it, but I'll be in a bad way. Yeah. So I was trying to be semi-diplomatic, but I was pretty hard on him about paying the money. And he did. Before practice two, he went to the bank and he pulled out whatever it was it might get, maybe it's five grand or something like that. Gave a bunch of the team. I made him then sit and sign another contract with me, an IOU that day, which uh, my lawyer had written up. And uh, so we did that that day. And then I got in the car, we did the race, and I never talked to him again the next day. 
That was literally the last time I had a face-to-face -face conversation with him. Never saw him other than court. Um, I think it was like maybe a week later, we hit him with a legal document. Uh, can't remember what we've been after him with, first of all, but the minute we kind of started against him, everything opened up. Yeah. Because the final final t tally, as I remember, was something like four or five million dollars. Like it million was, million. but yeah. I know it's probably double that. Sure. There was a sure. lot. There was very. There was an almost president involved in this Ponzi who wouldn't come forward. There was members of NASCAR family mm -hmm. didn't come forward. Yeah. There was a lot of people that said, I'm just going to write off yeah. that money. But then there's also people, I know one guy that lost his whole retirement and died of a heart attack. Oh, God. You know, there, there was so many different levels of wealth. This guy, I know this guy took like $20,000 from somebody, which was against the guy's house, and he was a mailman. Oh, God. You know, so like he had no level as to how he would stoop. But he yeah, also knew matter. with everybody... <clears throat> Uh, he knew the, exactly the amount. Like when he hit me up, he knew exactly because the amount. Because he had talked to right. so many times. Yeah, yeah he yeah. just yeah. it. Uh, and then it took us, <clears throat> holy crap, I don't know how many years of chasing him. Yeah. Another like $100,000 in legal bills yeah. to get nothing. And there was never a heart-to-heart -to, -heart to figure out like what was, like I Ponzi schemes I always find particularly unique because I don't understand the end game because it's like it never works. It, it, there it can't. <laughs> like there is no mathematical <laughs> way that it works. There's no end game. And it like, so it wasn't that like he thought he could do it and maybe pull out at a certain time. You just don't know. There was no company. Yeah. There was no investments. Um, even his education, everyone was a lie. Right. Was I mean, he like from Daytona? Yeah, he's from yeah, yeah. Daytona High. Yeah. Right. yeah. That's right. He went to like according, to, according to him, he was in a Swedish boarding school. And his dad was a Lebanese uh, politician. And yeah, he was shipped to America for safety. And I mean, you know, I, I think by now I'm like, holy crap, the story's ridiculous. It's like a, right. like a bad yeah, yeah. Hallmark movie. But when everything's working out at the beginning, I was how saying, a guy tells that? you that story in the bar, you're like, right, man, sure. Right. The guy tells you that is you have a full factory Audi lineup yeah. in one car, you and a bunch of studs in another one. You're getting paid. Yeah. You've been to his house. Like, how would you know? You know? I also know the money he paid those Audi drivers. Yeah. It was pretty stout. Right, right. So specific to you, it's something like $500,000 in restitution, ended up, and you say that's yeah. for life? Yeah. My judgment, if I, I was one of three people that got a judgment against him before the FDLE and the FBI went after him. Okay. I don't know how this works. Yeah, so I, I have a personal judgment against him sure. in the state of Florida. Okay. So if he goes and works at Burger King when he gets out of prison, then it's I can go and take away X amount of his dollars. Wait, you can or, you, or it automatically happens? I have to go after it. No, you oh, do. But I will. All right. So I was going to say, well, well, I'll I'll do it. what are you going to do in your retirement? I can't wait. People, you have to literally have, It's actually yeah. a process. I know this from... What do you mean? My dear friend, <laughs> when I took money from him. Is it on, is it on the internet? It, yeah, if you look up internet with lawsuits with me, um, <laughs> with people you've driven for, uh, okay. that uh, you have to go to the sheriff every time to sweep their bank account. Oh, I know who it is. <laughs> <laughs> That's easy. If you want to, if you want to uh, get that money back, every, in my case, every time, every time I had to, we had to go to the, uh, the sheriff's office and say, like, you need to sweep the account. So it's a process. So you can't just do it for $30 in Burger King. <laughs> Um, yeah. No, I can, I can definitely, uh, and I will, you know, like, I'm lucky. I'm lucky that we survived and got through it. Yeah. But, you know, <clears throat> to get to that point, both me and my parents lost their houses. I had to hit the whole reset button. You know, life, life changed completely for a couple of years. And, uh, you know, I, I went through that guilt for years. I still feel guilty about it. 
But the, now the guilt on your chin has it created. Did it ever create tension with your uh, family? No, my mom and dad never expected. Never. They hate the fact that I feel that. But it's just natural. Oh, yeah, yeah, I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My my whole thing was I was trying to pay them back something. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, and it's like it kind of backfired. Yeah. And like, you're what way. 25, 26. Yeah, that's, and, that's a lot for a 25, 26 year old kid. Yeah. And then like being in the, I'm picturing you at 26 standing in the, in the lounge of the Starworks trailer. Going like, go to the bank right now and take care of these mechanics that are older than me that have yeah. families and stuff. Yep. You know, that's a pretty powerful move. Um, it, what's funny is I, I still to this day, I think a good Ponzi scam artist, I've always said to this day, if you put me in a room with them and probably taped me to the seat so I don't rip his head off, by the end of the conversation, he'll have convinced me that everyone was fine. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's what a good that. scam artist should do. Yeah. yeah. Right. Well, because they believe in it so much that they can sell it yeah. to your face. When yeah. he was um, when he was convicted and given his, his um, what do you, what do you call it, sentence? Uh-huh. We went to the sentencing, and they asked, like, "Do you have anything to say?" And instead of standing up there like a normal criminal and say, "I'm sorry for the pain I've caused," he stood there and babbled on that this is all jealousy and hate. Oh, judge, wow. they're, they're all after me because they're jealous of me. And, and we're all sitting there like, <coughs> this is unbelievable. Yeah. Even at the, the like 11th hour, you, you were done. done. 15 years, you were, yeah. you're done. standing there. So, and he, they tried to settle the morning off. They were like, um, <sighs> he can pay you 30%. I was like, good. Let's see it. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. From what? Yeah. 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 And, well, I'll never understand that when they give the, when they don't give the woe is me or an I'm sorry speech. Like, this is your sentencing. What years do you think you're taking off by being a complete Like, there's right. just no yeah, way that, yeah. Exactly. So, anyway. When we read the reports on that, it says Almondinger was involved, and he got his money back. Yeah. How did he get his money back and everybody else didn't? Like, how I believe he got his from mine. That was what I was told by the, you know, and AJ's a good friend of mine. Yeah. You so know, and, and, him yeah. and, I, him and I had a number of discussions about it as it was happening. Sure. Um, but we seized all his accounts. He yeah. was just And I, I saw where... Age, he got his money back, and it was about the time that we put our money in. But uh, it is, okay. it is what it is, you know. Yeah. It's, I don't got you. Yeah, I, I'm happy that the people I know all recovered. And at the end of the day, it's money, and money comes and goes. And yeah, as long as everybody's healthy and gets through it, then cool. Yeah. Do you feel like investing in podcasts? With what? Good oh, point. Here's the thing: my 2019 contract. There's no <laughs> return. There's. Yeah, there's <laughs> But I did invest in Continental, though. Well, yeah, so yeah. that's right. Hey, hey okay. Continental sells itself. Continental. It makes such a good time. They do. All right, cheer up story. I lived with this guilt for a long time, and I was saying to myself, right, how do I, how do I pay my mom and dad back? Because yeah. Yeah. they don't want money. They even take money. So um, in 2015, I won the Porsche Cup. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I was so freaking excited about winning the Porsche Cup because right. you win the Porsche Cup, it's a big deal. you get a car. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. So just real quick for people who don't know what the Porsche Cup is, it's called the Porsche International Drivers Cup, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. Something like that. And it's basically for anybody that's not a Porsche factory driver right. who drives Porsche machinery in any series around the world. Yes. Every that's series that's has that's a point rank. value yeah, to it. Exactly. So World Challenge, IMSA, whatever, they, they all have. accumulate the yeah. points based on the championship, and so, you have to be driving a customer Porsche. Right. So every independent Porsche driver you beat out yes. with this point sally at the end of 2015. So that was when I drove for effort in World Challenge. Yeah. We had a really good season. I won the Porsche Cup, and I was like, man, this is this is awesome. My dad's a car Thank you. My dad's a car guy. When this all went bad, the first thing that went was the cars. Yeah, right. right? So my, my dad got rid of it. He had a Maserati convertible at the time, and so that disappears. And um, I always like, God, I'd love for him. And then as he, as he got back on his feet, 
he then didn't want that stuff in life. Yeah. He's yeah. going to burn out and he's different, like, oh, different I get it. Time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Money's good and money's bad, but now I don't kind of want those things. Mm-hmm. But I know deep down my dad is he's pretty flashy like me, and <laughs> I, I know that. The shirt, obviously. Yeah, yeah and yeah. I, I know that he was like, eh, I wish I could, but it's probably not the smartest thing to do, grandkids and all that crap. So when I went Porsche Cup, I was like, all right, this is easy. I'm going to give my dad the car. Yeah. So it was already decided, already my wife and I talked about it. Because you, you win a Porsche of your choice, or it's like a Cayenne or something? Well, that's what you would think. Okay. Uh, I was assuming that they'll tell me, what do you want? And okay. you go and you spec it, and they deliver it to you. So I go over at the event in Germany. Yeah. The and big end of your banquet. I'm on the stage. Or a kilt? Did I wear a kilt? No. Okay. okay. I don't think I did. I haven't worn a kilt in a long time. I need to bust that thing back out and okay. dust it off. Yeah, as, as you wear one tonight. Yeah. yeah. We're kind of hoping. Yeah. yeah. You can't too much attention. <laughs> yeah. So I, uh, I'm doing the whole thing, and we're doing the audition through the day, like the run through, and they're saying to me, right? So we're gonna hand you the keys. We want you to go jump in that car and just go like drive it. And this is now I'm like, so I can't drink? No, no, just drive it around the parking lot. It, we just want to film it driving away. Okay. So we do the whole thing, and we present me, and I do a little speech. I jump in a car and I drive off. I come back. I park the car. I go back inside continue my night yeah right I was there a bunch of friends of mine and <clears throat> the end of the night I go hunt the girl down and I give her the keys and I said uh, uh, okay what do, what do I do now do I just go home you get me a meal ticket or how does this yeah, work what's the deal no that's your car oh I'm going <laughs> alright well, you know I live in the USA yeah. yes yeah I was like you know I can't take that wow. to the USA yeah she's like yeah <laughs> then she says but if, if you want the car if you want the car, you have to pay the 21% VAT right yeah. Yeah. now, yeah. and then we'll apply for the title for you. And the car was the, it was a 145,000 euro car. Okay. Right. So now I have to pay the 21% yeah, right. the 20, to even yeah. own it. Right, just to yeah. have it. So <laughs> luckily, luckily, I was like, all right, how am I going to do this? And I called, uh, I called a Porsche dealer, a friend of mine in Orlando. Any suggestions? Can we do a, cre- a credit or something? Yeah. And he's like, oh, you know, Penske has a dealership in Frankfurt. Do you know anybody at Penske? And I was like, I know Tim Sindri. Right, that'll yeah. work. So yeah. I, li- I literally called Tim Sindri. He said, hey, man, can you help me out with this? I need to get rid of this car, and I need to get rid of it quick because I need to hit, like, with a $40,000 tax bill with it. Yeah. But I need to sell it. So um, Penske's dealership in Europe buy it. And uh, after I pay my taxes, get my money, pay my taxes here, I was left with enough money. I bought my dad an F-Type Jag. Oh, cool. Oh, and I bought him cool. an F-Type Jag. Yeah. His car of choice growing up was the E-Type, E-type Jag. right, yeah. yeah. So I ended up, that was my gift back to my dad. I spent all the money. Actually, we did two things. The place we're having dinner right now, Luma. Yeah. We did a big dinner in here for all of our friends. Oh, cool. And uh, it was one of those things. My wife said, what do you want to do with this money? I said, I want to do dinner with our friends. And we pay for it. Yeah. Big dinner, yeah. all our family. And I want to get my dad a car. That's awesome. And that's what we did. Okay. So I, I feel I sleep better at night. It, it gets you better. It yeah. gets you closer. I'd still like the other 475000 but. Well, it's. That's not Porsche's You've got it for life. It's not so. <laughs> I got the little trophy. At minimum wage times 50 years, you'll get yeah. 10% of the way there. 10% more than he's going to get. you'll get a lot of fun out of it. I will. How, how were your parents when they met Jessica Lynn's parents? <laughs> that went pretty well. Did it? Uh, so. Well, because did they speak like. I feel like somebody See, told you this one. No, no. no. Okay, well, you just opened <laughs> just up the door. So. <laughs> All right, so in the UK, religion's a big thing, right? Right. Uh, my my mom's family and her were Catholic. My dad's are Protestant. My parents were not allowed to marry. 
uh, you know, in their day, and they both had to split from religions, and it's just a big, silly culture over yeah. there. Um, so the kids were all raised kind of being under the do whatever you want, believe in what you want, and when you're old enough, you can figure out what you want to be. So uh, I've kind of lived my whole life thinking religions, whatever, do good things, receive good things. Yeah. That's my whole. You're not, you're not a subscriber to a no, specific I'm, I'm sect. No, I'm like good yeah. thing happens to good people. Understood. And then I met my wife, whose parents were pastors. Oh, oh no. Yeah, okay. Go. Yeah. So uh, once I found out they were pastors, and not only that, her dad actually uh, built and ran a church with a full like 300 people congregation. Oh wow! And then he got my family. <laughs> every second words the F or the C or the S word. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. You know, well, and then like the C word in Scotland, I assume is like hi. It's just yeah. it's just part of the deal. It's the and second it's, word after hello. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> and it's not really a are you an acceptable word out yeah. here. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, so like once I Let figured it fly. Out, Calvin Fish wasn't yeah wasn't scared yeah. too. I think after my wife met my parents, which she met mine before I met hers. Okay, um, she loved them. Because they were completely different to what for her sure, whole right, life. Right. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. mean, like, still to this mo- this day, if I say the word fart in front of her mom, it's like I've used the C word. Oh, wow. What? Wow. Which is really difficult because I like to talk about farts a fair amount. <laughs> fair. Um, <laughs> so, like, but if I say the word fart, it's like the devil is at the like, table. Yeah. Ryan, uh, Ryan, we, and don't, then, we, you don't, know, we don't use that language. And yeah. then you got my yeah. table where my mom and dad may fart during dinner. While saying. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly. So. So. Speaking of parties and kilts and all that, obviously the entire movie Braveheart is based on great movie. William Wallace's fighting for you guys to be able to wear kilts. Right. Right. As far as I remember. With no underwear. Um, what's the story about you and Wayne and Shelley Taylor and a kilt? Oh. oh, Peter Byron, I hate you. Nothing came from Peter. <laughs> no way. I'll tell you, we don't have a single story. <laughs> Trust me, the nothing we know comes from Peter. <laughs> He called me early and told me he gave you stuff. Oh, no, I, I know, it went through Kelly. Well, uh, um, 2005 season. I'm going to give a little bit of this. I'm not doing the full thing. Cause it's <laughs> just get to the goods. A little I'm, bit, huh? Let's just remember, I'm, I'm unemployed for next year. Yep. Seats we'll talk up. about that. You know, Maybe you know. this goes the other way. Bill yeah. Riley likes to party. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know what? Let's get fair that enough. kid over here. Again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love Big yeah. Bear. Yeah. And these snack packs. He's the best. Um. 2005 season, I was kind of a dick. Um, <laughs> I kind of came in. Let me write that down. I, I, I came in as like the, hey, I'm an open wheel guy, and I'm. Oh, bad. you're one of those guys. Oh yeah, for yeah, sure, yeah. absolutely. Us road racers from the from the get go, we it, love that. It we love I, it. I came in to the Grand Am deal, and I was driving for Peter Barron in a, a car that was completely illegal. Good. And uh, it was way quicker than pretty much every other everything out there. And so, you know, when we didn't break down or crash, uh, we were fast. Yeah. And uh, I can't even remember if I even knew Wayne at this point. <laughs> uh, but somehow the banquet that year was in Orlando. Uh-huh. Peter thought it was a good idea for us to go. Oh, yeah, so we would end at Homestead, and then it would be... Is that what it was? Yeah, it was something and like so that. And so he came up and stayed at you know my place, and we went out uh, to the thing. It was in, like I think it was near Disney. And... Uh, Somehow along the lines, a conversation with a couple of ladies that I didn't know about underwear uh-huh. and what was under the kill. <laughs> and then there may have been some flashing and some possible pointing of touches, <laughs> things like that. And then there may have been a very upset Wayne 
<laughs> and then when may or may not have insulted my country, uh, okay, I then okay. may or may not wait, thought he on. was. I, and I'm wait, of wait. the belief if you come from South Africa, you got nothing it. on anybody no, ever. Yeah. So. I'm gonna say a lot. Well, because yeah. it gets worse. I'd, ha I'd had a few drinks, and I believed he was from England. <laughs> so, like, legitimately thought that. So now I go from these two women, good-looking older women, right. flirting with me, and we're we're flashing and we're doing things. Yeah. Flashing yeah. and I'm flashing. So what you're saying is, is to be to real quick interjection, yeah. you don't wear anything under the kilt. Oh, absolutely not. And that, yeah, is that like Scotsman. is that like a true Scotsman? The thing, only time or? you would wear it under your kilt is if you rent a kilt. Ah, fair. If you do a rent a kilt, you probably want to wrap that to a sure. That's a business, yeah, yeah. by the way. Um, Oh, massive. Kilt renting? Kilts are a fortune. Kilts like $1,000. Oh, really? I've yeah. So people rent them. Okay. Um, so yeah. then all of a sudden, Wayne is kind of in my face, mm -hmm. or he's more on my chin, probably. <laughs> no. Um, and I was drunk enough, and he was drunk enough, and there was some uh, choice words, and then sure. I just assumed that he was an English hater. Right. Okay. Right. And so, you know what? I was very passionate about Braveheart, and there may have been a small headbutt. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> just a, like one of those like pushy ones. Yeah, yeah right, yeah, right, right. Like, like you go. Yeah, you should back off. Yeah, right. Because there's, there's. I tell you, there's right. one thing. There's not many times I'll win a fight, but if you insult the kilt, it's gonna go bad. Right. So kilts have pockets. No. Where do you put the makeup? Like the blue and the white. Oh, and your spawn. You have okay. a little man purse. Ah, ah good, good. Which the man, the man purse at the front, of the spawn is is two things. It's for keeping your mobile phone in. Yes. And okay. it also keeps your kilt down when you run. Ah. Right. That was what it was for. Right. Okay. Valuable life lessons. Okay. At what point did you learn that he is not from England? Uh, pretty much right then and there. <laughs> <laughs> um, Immediately. And then reminded pretty much every day since then ah, by Pierre. Okay. Good. Um, you were teammates with celebrities uh, Milka Duno and Chapman Ducote. <laughs> I like how the head immediately went down like that. Very, very obvious question here. Who had the better hair? Oh, Chapman. Yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. So, as you know, I uh, come from a, a massive production background. I know talent when I see it. I know how to produce a story on video. I know about compelling content. Have you seen Naked Paddock? No, but I've seen Naked Chapman. Oh, oh. which was better? How that? How that <laughs> fair? Um, well, Carlos de Casada and I were having a business meeting with Chapman one time. Um, invited us to his place in Miami. Yeah. yeah. And Carlos and I had sushi with him in his underwear. Like, that's just what he does. It was, we are meant to be going out for dinner. He was yeah. running a little, little late from the office, and so. Uh, what is he, What is the office for Chapman? Um, I, I'm not sure. He just came up the elevator. Okay. Right. So well, he has business meetings, <laughs> presumably. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you yeah, can learn this if you watch Naked is, Paddock, but go on. If you ever get the opportunity to ask Carlos de Casada, yep. who's a leg Allegra, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if you ever get the chance to ask him about the meeting that him and I <laughs> drove down, this was for the 2009 season where we are trying to put together a big team and um, I was driving for Allegra that year and, and yeah, we get down to meet with Chapman about, he had a, a bunch of sponsorship he wanted to bring and, yeah. and uh, we were meant to go out for dinner, meet me in my, my condo and uh, it was one of those ones where, you know, the elevator goes right into the, the condo. Mm -hmm. Okay, So right. the doors open and we're greeted by Calvin Klein. <laughs> In that's the flesh, what, that's what his underwear said. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and that, that's he literally just not, did not put anything. Oh, on. he never put it. It never changed. No, he's like it hey, wasn't like he got uh, him in the middle of things. Running late, so I'm just going to go and, and freshen up. And I've ordered sushi takeaway, and then we had sushi and. And, and at no point it was like I should put a shirt on. I mean, got to be honest, if I had his body, I would be him underwear all times. Dude sure. is pretty good looking. Yeah, yeah, good yeah, looking I, I dude. Give him that. Yeah, pretty ripped. Yeah. 
But I mean, that's the office probably just working out all day. So just, yeah. uh, just uh, we'll, and we'll get into your home life, but but naked paddock, because I'm not going to let this go. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, nor should you. Have you seen naked paddock? No. Okay. If you your your it's job, on YouTube. yeah. <laughs> where the follow up quiz you're going to get tomorrow right. is going to be on you searching up naked paddock on YouTube. Okay. There's I think a handful of episodes, but sure. the one you have to watch is the Sebring preparation. That's right. So uh, he and his lovely wife are pairing for this upcoming Sebring race. It's a big event. And it's a uh, reality show with a camera crew of presumably one. And uh, we get to see just a, a day in the life. He drives in from a business call. He's obviously mic'd. You know this because he's mic'd as he drives in. Okay. It's this <laughs> unstaged, natural moment where business he drives call. in yep. because he's mic'd. And, uh, and even in his staged moment, he somehow manages to become an asshole. <laughs> and uh, like he's on the call talking down to these alleged people that he's on the yeah, other line he's with. Like, no, you got to buy it. Yeah, you got to buy yeah, it. And then you got to sell it. I got to go. Can, is it possible you can just let me be a race car driver for three days? <laughs> I have to go. You know, you say that a lot. I got yeah. when you're on the yeah, phone. He's got business. Yeah. And uh, and then they proceed to. He's talk like, I told about him it's a race week. <laughs> um, have you Naked ever paddock. seen cartoon cavalcade sheep shearing? What? Yep. Cartoon, cartoon cavalcade. cavalcade sheep shearing. Proceed. Okay. Are you a Did you guys guy ever own sheep, by yeah. the way? Oh, yeah. We had tons of sheep. Yes. Sheep are nice. I'm sure. Shetland pony is mean. <laughs> okay. All right. So, All right. Peter Byron and I, I feel like most of my stories are full red uh, We are big Family Guy fans. Okay. And it was kind of our thing where uh, on race weekends, we would always either watch Family Guy together in the same okay. room. Or talk about like it. Like in a, in a debrief, like, yeah. oh, the door's closed. We can't go in. <laughs> <Yeah>. Meanwhile. <laughs> so then. Let's uh, scratch out. <laughs> who was the, it was Seth. Uh, who was the creator? McFarlane. Seth McFarlane. Yeah. yeah. Did right. a spinoff called Cartoon Cavalcade. I Cartoon Cavalcade was like, it was like eight shorts. Okay. okay. They were all like six minutes, five minutes each. Okay. One of them was called Sheep Shearing. Okay. And it's, uh, everybody should Google it. Yeah. Sheep Shearing Cartoon Cavalcade. Cartoon. And it's uh, sheep getting sheared by a farmer. Can from children behind. watch this? Behind. From can, behind. Can children watch this? Are you got out there? Oh, yeah. just, oh these are <laughs> like, it's real life. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so, and so <laughs> you didn't hear the audio. I've got it muted, the, but you can tell. I can already see where it's yeah. going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's just say one of the lines is, shave my cotton boner. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So. Did we have to bleep that? Okay, something uh, <clears throat> I want to talk to you about. I work with a charity that's aimed towards ending a disease called neurofibromatosis, very near and dear to me. And then you work with uh, Rett syndrome, Rett syndrome yep. and trying to cure that. And a friend of mine just from racing, a guy named Jameson Proven, who I think yep. you've met him before, yeah, his day. daughter Jordan, Jordan. Has, uh, has that it's Rett syndrome. I want to make yep. sure I'm saying it right. Um, so I think I read that you're <clears> – <throat> Your niece? My niece has it. Has yeah. it. And so you probably didn't hear about it before that? No, because it, it, the thing with Rett syndrome is uh, it's, it's a neurological disease. Yeah. And it's uh, it's common in girls. Generally, boys will miscarriage. Um, and it's uh, girls are born and they, they miss a chromosome in the brain. And they basically, they mature up to one as normal. And then from one, they kind of deteriorate backwards. Yeah. The problem is there's no test for it. Um, there's no test up until about 18 <coughs> months old. Yeah. Yeah. They can diagnose it. And for that first 12 or 18 months, it's a completely normal life. So it's sad. I mean, you know, my my sister's, she looks at it as, you know, she was chosen to look after a, a disabled child. And okay. she's actually, um, as far as mobility goes, as far as mobility goes, uh, in, let's say, quality of life, Dion has, uh, she's probably on the higher ranking of right. Rett syndrome. Um, but it's, you know, any of these diseases, I think, you know, we all want to cure them. 
they really were raising awareness, right? You know, right. And, and I don't know in, in our lifetime are they going to cure these things, sure, but sure. Uh, I think when you have something like that, I, w- I was always giving, and I would try and do my best to help out people. But what you realize when you have it, something close to you is that a charity is a very personal, individual thing, and it's hard to uh, it's hard to spread, you know, your let's say your contributions around multiple charities when you have something that's like a, a personal connection to you. Right. Like, well, that's the thing you're motivated to really yeah. kind of push forward. And, and you know, it's, it's something that I never, until my uh, niece was diagnosed, it's something that I felt like I did a good job with this stuff. And, right. and you know, at times you feel like you're completely useless and, right. you know, but what you've can been, you really do? You've been fairly active. So what are some of the things you're, you've been doing in terms of fundraising? Um, well, the main thing is all my T-shirt lines and, and merchandise all goes, I don't take anything from it. It's oh, 100% great. goes okay. to, to the Rett Syndrome Research Trust. Um, my sister does a bunch of fundraising back home and we do a bunch of charity events but I mean it's I feel like it's minuscule as to what you could do sure right but um, so from like a race fan perspective buying your apparel buying my apparel is a great way to contribute to yeah, race it's on okay. Athletes Original okay uh, dot com dot com okay um, or you can go straight to the Red Center Research Trust website and donate directly and yeah you know 100% of it goes to the charity from there right and you know I, the thing I've noticed is Jameson's a perfect example um, you know there's such a you think it's a rare disease, yeah. Uh, and yours is the same. You think it's rare until you kind of open up about it, and then all of a sudden you get a lot of people contacting yeah. you, and you, yeah. you know. So at least once a year, I do at least one helmet, one suit, right? And then I usually get some stuff. My sister does a bunch of charity events back in Scotland, and Dario always donates something, and yeah. David Coulthard will donate something, and so you know, you, you try and do your most as you can. But it's been nice. Uh, I know for my sister. It means a lot to her when people reach out to me, yeah. or if they see me post pictures of my niece and they make nice comments and right, she reads right. that stuff. So <laughs> I think just like that, not being a lone community when you have yeah. uh, a, a child with an illness or a sure. disease. Yeah. Uh, a really cool thing that just happened to you, uh, your former race car from the Toyota Atlantic, yep. Sierra, 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 Sierra. Yeah. was given to you. Yep. How cool is that? Uh, freaking mega. Yeah. Uh, especially after a complete crap weekend at Road America. Uh, was pretty bummed and pretty rough season to date. Yeah. And so I uh, I posted something online. You know, sometimes my, let's say my heart starts writing things before I actually think about it. And so it's one of those kind of sappy, not looking for any kind of, you know. I was just a weird text. Yeah. Yeah. And I get an email about an hour after I post it, and it's from... Uh, Diane Kotke, who owns CRCR, is her and her husband that owned it, yeah. and then their daughter ran the team. And so uh, they're in their like, you know, early 80s now. Sure. And uh, so the email basically said, "Hey, we've been we've been holding this for a while, and we think now is the time uh, for you to have it. Your car from 2004 is yours. Just let us know when you want to pick it up." Yeah. That's, and and that's so uh, cool I get my 2004, and I somebody had told me that they had. Uh, like basically renovate restored and so that's what I thought until I started asking a couple of questions the car is how we finished the last race at Laguna in 2004 still has the same engine oil gearbox <laughs> oil right. gears oh, wow. bugs yeah. it came off went in the truck and then it sat in the, the lobby of his business oh, that's cool. for that's the past so 10 years right. Okay. Right. and then when he sold his business it went into storage ah, and yeah. now it goes to me that's, that's pretty cool. Now I need to figure yeah. out where to put it. That is so but, awesome. You know, yeah, right. I, yeah. I'll find a place. And how like, many people, like, how many team owners would do that? Right. They, like, exactly. ah, you know, yeah. they would go somewhere uh, else. I or. mean, it's one of those things, like, I've always, I have such envy with Dario at times when I see 
the cars. How beautiful he is. Yeah. I mean, he's chiseled <laughs> features. Perfect and accent, hair, face, yeah. even career, his facial hair is good. Voice. Yeah. So, like, you know, I always and I've seen his cars over the years. His collection is. Yeah. He never posts any of the stuff he really right. has. I mean, right. it's, it's insane. But the race cars he has is the insane part. Huh. Um, and I was like, God, I want a race car. <laughs> but I just assumed he, he probably all bought. I don't know if he bought them or not. Right, yeah. A lot of them are not worth anything. They'll maybe get them. But I, I don't know. So I, uh, my like wee Ryan from his younger years always was like, I want a race car of mine to yeah. have. Yeah. And so now I actually have one. That's and I, and for me, that's dreams. a cool car because yeah. it was the point from you know that amateur to professional mm -hmm. yeah right yeah. i mean it was that was when you were now okay now your guy capable yeah. of really winning my, my first paycheck in racing was that car Cop and yeah. i still have uh i still have my big prize money yeah check from cool. the end of that year on the wall that's, that's cool. yeah so one of the things we do is a uh, pass along question um now you're a little this is a little different because you're the beginning of our trip um but tomorrow we are meeting with charles espenlaub if you could ask him anything about anything and just to give you an idea uh, Dario Frank, or sorry, Mario Andretti didn't really know Parker Kligerman, so he just said, ask him if he likes dogs, for example. Oh, ask him <laughs> if he likes me. Yeah, that's sure. a race that's a driver question. question. Sure, sure. Does he go back to that, am like I a nice me? guy, or does he think I'm an asshole? Do you like me? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want us to pass it as a note? So does anybody have a question for me? No, because you're the first one. Oh. Yeah. Did well, we have a, did we have a closeout? Okay. Um, I can give you Alex Rossi's question from yeah. Rick I don't Mears. think he likes me. Rossi? Yeah. Why, why would he not? Does he even know you? Feel any no. Well, then why would he not I, like I, you? I see. You're like wait, wait, wait. Guy. Time out. Is this something where, like, you just say this about a lot of people while watching? You're like, yeah, I definitely, I I definitely like get a feeling like a lot of people dislike me and vice versa. But why? That doesn't make any sense. Wait, why don't you like them? So what do you think of yourself? You know, sometimes you're... Let's get into this. Let's talk about it. All right, as a driver, you meet a lot of drivers over the years sure, that you don't sure. always race against. Okay. Sure. Big events, Daytonas, yeah, right, whatever, right? right? We've met a couple of times. He just, I don't think he likes me. Huh. If you have to introduce yourself to somebody more than once in a year, that's bad in my opinion. That just means they don't. Just means well, they have a bad me, memory. Two, the only thing I'd say for him is he's a kid. Yeah. You know. When you look like, in the mirror, who do you see? I don't see Dario. What's the first thing you think about when you wake up in the morning? Oh, I should have lost weight yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Every time I go on the scale, I'm like, fuck, it's not going to be Maybe next boy. time. Yep. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> Try harder tomorrow. Right. Nope. Way too much racing for my taste. Uh, you alluded to uh, being a little bit of a tech geek. We know about your cars. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the coolest under $5,000 item that you own? Tech-wise? Anything. What's the coolest under $5,000 item you own? Can I go above five? No. That wasn't the question. That Can was I go I, six? Do you listen? <laughs> okay, go six. I'll give you six. Coolest item I own is uh, watch. Yeah, this is kind of uh, too taggy. My tag, yeah, yeah my yeah, Monaco. Yeah, yeah. Okay, what, what's, what am I missing? So it's... Uh, I mean, I, I, but yeah, it's a cool watch. The Monaco there. is the Steve McQueen watch. Uh, he's got a I have watch. the 50th anniversary McQueen watch, and they made 50 of them in 2018. Okay. And I have number 44, which is my oh. Mon winning number. Right, and Magnus, which you're clearly a fan of. Uh, obviously, I yeah. did it for Magnus, too. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag uh, as far as, like, cool things I own, I would say that's it. Okay, okay. What's, um, what's, the, what's the piece of tech that you own that your wife's like, why do you have this? Like, are you the guy that has to get the newest phone every time? No, phones okay. I hate. Oh, interesting. Okay. I wish I still had a flip phone, to be honest. Um, what does your wife make fun of you the most for? My universal remote. Well, that's not that uncommon. 
Uh, no, because it, it never works right. So you right. spend $350, spend $350 and I, I try right. and tell her that the whole reason it's so expensive is because you have to point at the TV. Yeah. Um, but it, it never works. It even has a help button Wait, on it. Right. So you, do you are you back to just like the three remotes? No, like I still have else? it because I... Do you use it? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> it fixes itself. That's the best thing. It's idiot proof. Right? So if your TV doesn't turn on... Because the problem is like if you have... I'm related to my sound system, and right. so yeah, it has right. like ten things to turn on, right? Okay. If it doesn't turn one on, nothing works. But you hit the help button, and it goes through the whole thing. Is your TV turned on? Yes. <laughs> Is it on channel one? Yes. yes. And you keep hitting yes, and it'll fix itself. All right. It's genius. Just sometimes it takes ten minutes to turn on the TV. <laughs> she hates it. <laughs> she hates it so much. Well, about to say in her defense, how angry do you get in this process? Like does I, the raging Scotsman when, come out? When I'm with her, I yeah. completely keep my calm. Right, really? When I'm on my own, I shout at the remote. Okay, fair enough. Because I can't back down right. Okay. Yeah. Horses, you have your pets? Yeah, we have a dog oh, and a dog. cat that we hate. What, you hate the cat? I hate the cat. Okay. What's the cat's name? Uh, Kitty. What? Terrible name. What? What's the dog's name? Veronica Corningstone. That's right. That's oh, right. my God. That. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We, also have a, we also have a horse that's buried in our backyard. What? Wait, how big is your backyard? Uh, pretty small. Yeah, why? Why is well, it you know, when you cremate a horse, it gets smaller. <laughs> That's for most things. Uh, the horse, so the last horse, this is two horses ago. Man, you, you guys are hard on horses. Yeah, yeah, I, I have to say. What are you, you doing wrong? dying on us. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we, we, got, we went through this whole phase where we wanted to name everything Anchorman characters. Like we have a pet right. snake that's not our, it's not our snake, but it's in our garden. Sure. Um, so we have a snake. That's Linda Jackson. Um, <laughs> there's a baby snake. That's Brian Fontana. Well, okay. yeah. Um, the cat, the cat we don't even acknowledge. Uh, dog is very. Is this your cat, or is this like the neighborhood cat that adopted it, your house? It's my wife's cat. That it's just a horrible. It's, it's just a, a piece of cat. Horrible. It's and it's now it's old and it's got kidney failure and a tumor right. and. We'll just do whatever you did to that horse. Yeah, yeah, about to say. Yeah, it, it. doesn't work. Of course, it'll, definitely it'll take care of a cat. Haunt my dreams, this cat. Yeah, you live in like pet cemetery. It sounds like. The horse, the last horse that died, was uh, it was called. Uh, run Burgundy, right? Yeah, right. Of course. Yeah. So after about a month, my wife's like, and you know, you get the placards made and it sticks on the stall. And she's <laughs> yeah. like, all right, so this horse is not Ron Burgundy. I was like, why is it not Ron Burgundy? She's like, it's not very smart. And I was like, okay. So, so we're going to name it Brick. Yeah, all right. Well, yeah, for so sure. we changed it Brick to Brick. Yep. So we changed it to Brick a couple weeks later. Like, this, there's something wrong with this horse. It's an idiot. And I'm like, well, <laughs> why is it an idiot? She said, well, you know, like a horse stall. They have the buckets that are like in the corners, yeah. like triangular buckets, mm -hmm. and they're halfway up, and they eat the food, right? She's like, well, it's weird. The, the horse will eat the food, and it spins around, and it poops in the bucket. <laughs> and I'm like, that's <laughs> genius. <laughs> well, you're not standing in it. I was like, why did you want to lay in <laughs> shit and yeah, shit yeah, in a bucket? Yeah, right, right. So uh, that one got named Brick, and then Brick is now buried behind the pool. Poor Brick, man. Yeah. For break. I uh, my lawn guy, a buddy of mine, uh, Andrew, <laughs> this is funny. He's uh, he's my lawn guy. I knew him I met him through race, and he races Miatas. And uh, a friend of a friend was like, "Hey, you should give this guy a chance. He's he's opened up a lawn company in your neighborhood." So right. I had the guy come over one day, and he's uh, he's like, "What's your problem here?" And he's, I'm like, "Well, I don't like this, and my grass looks like crap." And then at the back here, I was like, uh, "Oh, just watch out for the horse." <laughs> and uh, and he's like, "Okay." Right. And so I was like, no, no, there, there's a brick paver. So we took a paver. We had some pavers left over in their driveway, and we stuck his placard. Okay. It says brick right. on the brick paver. On the brick. And it sits in the <laughs> flower bed where the dead horse is. 
so we get like another halfway around the house and he goes like you're joking about the horse, right? <laughs> I was like, I'm not joking about the no, horse. Frick. I was like, by the way, I buried it. It's only about 12 inches under. Oh, so don't ever dig too don't. deep there because you, you might find a hoof. <laughs> so so the dude, like, we finished the house. And he's like, you're not joking about the horse. I'm like, oh, I'm deadly serious. There is a horse with four hoofs buried back there. Right. In a bucket. Right, right. After he's yeah. been, you know. When you cremate a horse, though, it's a lot of uh, ashes. Right. Right. Yeah. And you just put them in your backyard? No, no. Uh, I used to have a Fiat 500. Okay. Loved that car. Like, how how long ago? Uh, we got rid of it a couple of years ago. So it was one of the new models. Yeah, yeah, like a, uh, a, a and recent you loved one. loved that car? Loved it. Okay. For for people that, like, put a lot of miles on cars and drive in the city and live in the city, sure. it, we loved it. It was perfect for us. And uh, so I went to pick up the ashes of the horse one day, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I, <laughs> I drive it to... It's like an hour outside of Orlando, and I end up in this like sketchy as hell. I mean, pet cemetery, crematorium. Right. I, everything right. was Just weird. Where dreams go to but die. Say, if that's the yeah. business you're in, it's right. your appearances are not your problem. You know yeah, that so. way where every parking space was for a dually. Oh and yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 makes sense. Yeah, Here yeah, comes yeah. the <laughs> Euro <laughs> European <laughs> guy <laughs> with a weird accent and a Fiat, <laughs> and a guy said to me, "He's like, do you have a big trunk?" And I'm going, "Nope, I do not." The, the box for the horse must have been. I don't know, 48 inches long. Whoa. <laughs> and it was like 200 pounds, right? Because yeah. they give you, they actually cut the hoofs off. <laughs> and they, they give you the hoofs. I I'm like, he left when he said it. I, I opened the box and I'm like, what four the hoofs in in there? Here? There's the tail. They have the tail. Oh, they have, uh, and they cut a piece of the mane and then the four hoofs are in there. Are they, they, are they, they sticking hoof up? Yeah, but to say they should like put it on each corner of the box with the tail coming out the back. They cut the hoofs off because they have the shoes on them. <laughs> and apparently you're meant to keep the shoes, but we buried them. <laughs> uh, my wife's going to kill me. It's on the box with the corners. Horse box. Yeah, little horse box. Just one shoe in the soil. Right. Just one. Yeah, just have it stick out. Nope, all four. Yeah. Six feet away, a tail. Right. Yeah. It's the only way. If we ever make cartoons out of these. Yeah. This, that's the story <laughs> that's, that's making story it. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So All right. you work for the guy that owns Patron. Yes. So he's, we're sitting here, you know, in August of uh, 2018, and he's ceasing his prototype racing program at the end of the year. He's been doing this a long time. Well, he seems to actually enjoy driving. And correct me if I'm wrong, it's really, I mean... Basically, the, his role in the company is a lot reduced because of the Bacardi ownership, and they're no longer sponsoring sports cars. So, two parts. Yeah. Um, ESM is owned by Scott Sharp. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, Ed Brown has obviously been the sole funder of right. ESM, which we then changed it to Patron ESM last year for, uh, for naming-wise. But um, ESM are still hoping to continue sure. with right. the right. program without Patron. Right. Uh, Ed Brown's still the CEO of Patron Spirit Company. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't know if there's an end date for that, sure. but as of now, he is still the... But the differences between 12 months ago and now is he has people to answer to. Right. It has to make sense. And so... Yeah. Spend because money of Bacardi's investment in yes. his company. Right. right. Yeah. At this moment in time, it's August, there are two more IMSA races left. You're one of 100 drivers walking <laughs> around with not a 100% plan on what's going on next year for themselves. So what do you do at this point of the year? Beg. Everyone you know? Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's like what we, we talked about earlier. I think that I think I'm liked. Uh, I think that I'm diverse enough that I've, I'm fortunate that, like, to be honest, you don't look at GTLM because it's pointless. Yeah. 
Uh, so it gives you two fields, right? It gives yeah, you yeah. DPI, P2, whatever yeah. it is, and it gives you uh, GTD. GTD. Yeah. Um, I don't see a huge amount of GT openings currently. Um, you know, Peter and I have talked a few times about getting the band back together. Um, if ESM doesn't work out, then I would do absolutely everything, or we would do everything to put the whole Starworks program back together somehow. Yeah. yeah. All right. So we don't know what stands for you next year, but uh, you've, you've had a good run up until this point. Um, you haven't seen all of our episodes, <laughs> but you've got a little bit of a sense for what we do. What's what's the? What's and you were on one already. That's true. He is I, I, I returning you guest. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. You're on oh, the, yeah, live I was the live one. You're yeah. on the live one. Yeah. Uh, sure. Well, so first of all, we never got into the f***ing thing we make fun of you for is your, your nickname. <laughs> so all I want to know is <laughs> Razzle Dazzle, did you choose that or did that choose you? Tyler Tadovic. Tyler Tadovic did. Tyler Tadovic. That's where it comes uh, from. Now we can't pick on All right. Him. Okay, all we right. thought you made it for yourself. Oh, no. Because uh, you know the rule about that. You can't you give yourself your, your own nickname. No, that'd be strange. We assumed that was all you the whole time. No. That's all Tyler. All Tyler. And then it just kind of started catching on. Mm -hmm. But I yeah. think also, didn't somebody said on air like Calvin or something? Yeah, right. Like uh, Hindoff does it all the time. Yeah, and now. it started. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Hindoff was a big one that was behind yeah. it in yeah. WEC. Okay. Yeah. But I didn't start it. I okay. Mean, so we're right. blaming Tyler. Okay. But you're I like it. You're, you're back, cleared. You're back in. You're cleared. Yeah. You're back, back in. to notch you're number patched. one. Uh, <laughs> all right. So the the Razzle Dazzle, what, what, did, what were you hoping that people who listen to this would take away from? Oh. A big question. I know the answer, but I'll let him do his yeah. first. What what do I think they would take? Yeah, like this? what's what's um, they don't. What what do people don't know about you? Ooh, I don't know. I think sometimes it's hard in in a business, uh, you know, aspect for us that people don't quite probably know if we're just <laughs> and we're doing the whole corporate <laughs> thing, right? Right, um, right. So I think hopefully over this uh, span of time, I'm the same person. They they think I am when they watch the races mm -hmm. yeah. or when they hear interviews as to what I really am because I, I the dick you were in 2004 yeah. right yeah. that's what I was going to go I with I like yeah. to be a consistent dick third <laughs> did you stop yourself <laughs> yeah I don't know why I did it's the worst I was like why did I stop myself I'm like would Jessica Lynn agree ah uh, Jessica Lynn I'm going to tell her that when I go home tonight <laughs> well yeah yeah she's, I just she's, said I she's obviously say, a family yeah. guy fan too right oh, yeah, yeah, yeah then she'll get it yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her and her seven children yeah. will obviously understand. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, what do you think? Uh, Continental's got the check. I'm finished. Huh? How about that uh, Razzle McDazzle? He's uh, got a great first name. Yeah, he does. And he, he loves does. he loves telling a good story or two. He can tell a story and he can bury a horse. No, we had a good time. <laughs> So, all right, uh, couldn't do this whole thing without, of course, Acura. Without what tire? Catnettle tires. And uh, once again, please tag them on social media. Let them know how much you appreciate this. You, uh, I know we say this like in every episode, and it's getting old. But it's true. It really makes a freaking big difference when you guys tag them. So. Yeah. Uh, also, what may not make a difference but makes us happy is if somebody can get a hold of Sam Elliott. The actor. And uh, let them know uh, that we want to get him on. And there's no racing-related story there. We just want to hang out with him. We just want lunch. And we wondered if someone that listens to us might be able to make that happen. Yeah, so if you know Sam Elliott, please help us make an episode with him. There we go. So, uh, shall we play some songs? Uh, I like songs. This is Prada Gino or Prada Gino, P R A D A G I N O on SoundCloud. This is Savage Mix.
I've got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage. One day they gave me a chance to get to the cabbage. Glad that they got me to come through. We're living lavish. Now I gotta have it. Oh yes, I gotta have it. I got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage. One day they gave me a chance to get to the cabbage. Glad that they got me to come through. We're living lavish. Now I gotta have it. Stand their ground or will they let you down again? Uh, what about your friends? Are they gonna be with you tonight? Just in case I got beef with you tonight. Yeah, you know, now I'm trying to be polite. Green got me on lean, that purple sprite. I'ma be with the dream team for life. When we hit the scene, it's memes and lights. Oh Lord, they wanna see the light. You know I won't just feed a hype. Even though them bras want that Peter Pipe. You know there ain't no king alike. Girl, you mean there ain't no kings alike. Cause I got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage. One day they gave me a chance to get to the cabbage. Glad that they got me to come through. We're living lavish. Now I gotta have it. Oh yes, I gotta have it. I got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage. One day they gave me a chance to get to the cabbage. Glad that they got me to come through. We're living lavish. Now I gotta have it. Oh yes, I gotta have it. Stop thinking obstruct our vision. Hold it down long enough, expect submission. Hold it down long enough, expect commission. But be careful of the money, it can cause division. With my team all in decision. Take the game all head on collision. Know that this is how we do it. Take notes now, go ahead and listen. Yeah, we take it to the digital age. Tickets going off off every stage. Keep a story popping on the Instagram page. Get your grandmama saying they're all the rage. Now you got the labels making calls to you. Telling you what they got to offer you. What's on the table, it's all for you. Just need a moment, take us off the crew. Cause I got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage. One day they gave me a chance to get to the cabbage. Glad that they got me to come through and live in lavish. Now I gotta have it. Oh yes, I gotta have it. I got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage. One day they gave me a chance to get to the cabbage. Glad that they got me to come through and live in lavish. Now I gotta have it. Oh yes, I gotta have it. I got some homies I roll with. They're pretty savage one day They gave me a chance to get to the cabbage Glad that they got me to come through We're living lavish Now I gotta have it Oh yes 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 I gotta have it Oh, oh.